everybody. Welcome to episode 601 of Conversation Street with me, Michael. Me, Gemma. Gemma, you sound very excited I'm, I'm, today. Yeah, I am. I'm like, You've been enlivened by tonight's good episode of Coronation Street. I was like, I'm, I really it was enjoyed good. it. It was great tonight, wasn't it? It, it makes It's one of those ones that makes you think, oh, this is why I like Cory. It's like, for me, it was like a surprise... I, I sat down tonight just thinking, oh yeah, you know, Bob's gonna, Bob's gonna have an encourage tonight. I don't really know. I think I heard that Paul's gonna get some bad news. Um, it's gonna be another whatever kind of episode. And then you watch it, it's like, oh, that came out of nowhere and was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. That's the well one sometimes some of the best, isn't it? When you're not expecting a great episode. Because when they kind of sell your Super Soap Weeks and your Britain's Got Talent Week yes, and, and yeah. all that, it's like, okay, well, I've got my expectations raised for this. And then they can either meet them or they can disappoint them and I had no expectations for tonight's one and um, absolutely blown out of the water yeah <laughs> in a way oh, after uh, after Paul what and Billy's watery, watery moment <laughs> that they had today yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to um, going over that with you later but yeah we were going to be talking about the episodes of Corrie between the 10th no the 6th and the 10th of November today that's episode 11,103 to 11,108 and yes. that's about it. That, that is it. Um, I, I think the fireworks have stopped now. We did have some fireworks going on very near us earlier, so there might have been some um, banging. But I think it, I think they've realised that... The only thing banging bon- round here is Coronation Street on the telly. Oh, yeah, I think I think Thanks. they've realised that Bonfire Night is over now. We, ha- we had a very um, civil Bonfire Night this year, didn't we? We went to Chichester Cathedral and listened oh, to some orchestra music. <laughs> yeah, we yes. did. We've, gr- we've hit 40 now, everybody. This is what we do. Yes. It was playing film music. So it, was it was film still, music. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't, was it wasn't properly... And, um, um, who's the other guy? Hmm? Don Williams. Yes. It was good. It was good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, yeah, we didn't see any fireworks or anything. We bought some sparklers, but they're just sitting on the side of the kitchen because we're grown-ups now. Um, it's also been raining. Oh, God, yeah, it has, hasn't it? Yeah. Not so good weather at the moment. But never mind. You don't care about that. No, you want to hear us talk care. about Corey, I assume. And also, you want to hear Gemma being a lovely quiz mistress. When have you mistress. been eating this? Oh, I did. Oh, God. Gemma's just found evidence of chocolate. You eat chocolate all the time. I know. You just constantly eat chocolate. I do eat a lot of chocolate. I'm sorry. I was eating that while I was editing our bonus podcast this week, well, actually. This is okay, Speaking of which, Gordon Clegg character profile, everybody. Oh, yes, go and listen to it if you haven't done already because we have some good chats, don't we? Yeah. About a character that was only in it for 106 episodes, was it? Around that. Yeah. Anyway, you got a quiz for me, my darling. I then? do. Well, quiz away. Five questions this again. From coronationstreet.fandom.com. Know, know. Everybody knows. Michael. <laughs> Go on. Give your what? sources. This is what you're rubbish at. What? No, nothing. I'm. What are you giggling about? Oh, I'm just in a funny mood. Are you drunk? No. Years ending in a three and an eight. Sixth of November, nineteen ninety-eight. Who is beaten up by some drug dealers they're doing business with? Who is beaten up by some drug dealers? Nineteen ninety-eight. Uh Um. Uh. Tony Horrocks. Yes. Yeah. Who plays? That was a very um. That was a very vague question yeah, there. Well, I'm trying I... to make it more difficult. Why do you do this? Yeah, who plays him? I don't know that. Was that a question in the quiz? Yes, it's a question in the quiz. I don't know who played Tony Harris. Lee Warburton. Okay. 7th of November 2003. Who leaves for Australia in her final appearance on the show? 2003? Leaves to Australia? Who goes to Australia in 2000? I don't. Oh, Do you know? um, yes, of course I know because I watched that this week. It was uh, it was Lucy, Lucy yes. Barlow. Lucy Barlow. Yeah. You do know that we can hear your thoughts when you say them out loud. Yeah, I know. I'm okay, filling, filling the air. Eighth <laughs> of November, nineteen seventy-eight. 
Who does Blanche find out that Ray is having an affair with? Oh my gosh, what was that woman's name? Um, was I say her name Stubbs? Oh yes. Yeah. What was her first name? I must get half a mark for that at least. I can. I don't even know what she looks like because I know the actress. Um, no, I can't remember because I'm just thinking of Charlie Stubbs now. <laughs> Sandra Stubbs. No. Was it Sandra? Oh. Janice. Janice Stubbs. Can I have half a mark for that? Yes. Yeah. Of course I can. Of course Where I can. does Ray want Deirdre to move to start a new life? Holland. Yes. 9th of November 2003, Peter Barlow leaves the street. How long for? Um, uh, I don't know. Five years. Four years. Four. Uh, okay. 10th of November 1993, Andy MacDonald finds out that his fiancée is staying in Trinidad. What's her name? So much physical pain that you're going through on your face. Amy. Yes. Yes, is it? Yes. Amy. I don't need to do a surname for you that. You do. No. I want the middle names as well. No, I don't, I don't know. I'm having a Amy whole Nelson. Point. Amy Nelson. I'm having a whole point for that because that's, that's pretty obscure. Nice. That was the character that um, the actress had to leave um, unexpectedly, and then they play. Then they hired Mel B to play her in the dark, so you can tell it was not the original actress. There you go. It's full of trivia, me. Birthday I, time. Wait a minute. What was my score? One, two, three, four, <laughs> and a half out of. Seven. That's pretty good. I'll take that. Who's got a birthday coming up this week? 11th of November, director Will Brenton. 12th of November, Paul Maxwell played Steve Tanner. And Rhea Bailey played Kaz Hammond. Classics. 13th of... Remember, she's evil. I know. 13th of November, Michael Stark played Jerry Morton. And Emma Colling, he was Rosie Webster the first. And Lucy Fallon, who is Bethany Lucy Platt Fallon, eh? Mm. Well, happy birthday to her. 14th of November, Sarah Moffat, who played Kelly Thompson. 15th of November, Amy James Kelly, who's Maddie Heath. Love her. Connie Hyde, who's Gina Sutton II. Love her even more. 16th of November, Eva Pope, who played Tanya Pooley. And Harry McDermott, who was played Max Turner I. 17th of November. It's a lot of birthdays this week. I know, this is like. This is one of the longest birthday weeks. Good job this is everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Some people need this part of the podcast. Some people, I know, I know. This is a, this is a public service announcement. <laughs> 17th of November, because... Ernst, how else is Amy James Kelly going to get her birthday Well, cards? how are you going to make sure that Ernst Walder, who played Ivan Tversky, gets his... Well, quite. What a port, I don't know. Graham Haberfield, who played Jerry Booth, and Lewis Ablett, who played Billy Mallet. Billy Mallet, oh God. I wonder what's happened to them now. Oh, well, they're happy birthday to all those people. Yep. Um, and that's it. Let's do Let's street talk. Do street talk. Okay, into street talk then. Um, I'm looking forward to this one. We had some good curry this week. I thought that it was, you know, on the whole, pretty darn good, wasn't it? And I would say that it got better as the week went on, which is always good when you're when you're inside in a Friday night recording a podcast. So let's get started. I have we, to say, what, when what, we got what? to today's episode and we got Paul's scenes in the hospital, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be another one of these episodes that just leaves you devastated over the weekend but they did such a great job didn't they? i don't they're know how so they do it they they are they're, they said right from the beginning that they were going to have the mixture they're still going to have some funny elements in this they were still going to keep us smiling and laughing all the way through and they absolutely <sighs> are it was perfect 
choosing Jonathan Harvey to write the second half of today's <laughs> episode as well. But how, how do you get such genuine comedy out of such heartbreaking, tragic scenes? I don't know. It was it so was brilliant. Really, really, really good. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to anyway. chatting about that. So yeah, we will, we are going to start off with the poor Paulie Paul storyline. Um, and then I've got Peter out, question mark, as a second line, because, you know, it's, he, he, wants, he to wants to go to sailing on around Italy, doesn't he? Um, yeah, so then we have got the Dylan delivering Give me story. a bit of blanket. What? Sorry, I've got cold feet, look. What do you want? A I bit of blanket. blanket. Sorry. Um, you just stolen all of the blankets. I haven't. I got it first anyway. Right, we've got the Ryan and cheating story. We've got the Papa Dumb story. And there's a little bit of Amy as well, which wasn't even a story, so it doesn't get a storyline title, but also because I couldn't think of one. But Gemma, you volunteered before we started recording I'm shoulder today volunteer. too. You shoulder volunteered to shoulder the burden of Paul's oh, storyline. Do you know what? So, um, what? Shoulder volunteers has ruined the word volunteer for me now. <laughs> I, I was listening to a podcast earlier <laughs> and they said the word volunteer and I was like, shoulder volunteer? <laughs> It's I like, hate it. It's a really poor name, isn't it? But, but it's, it's really stuck. catchy it, somehow. It is. How do you make a catchy charity Just name make out it of really shoulder volunteers? <laughs> it's so doggy. It's perfect for Amy's charity. Um, we can't talk about that yet, Gemma. That's going to be in about two hours' time. Um, poor Paulie Paul is going to kick us off. I have got all the Gemma and Joseph stuff in here as well, which isn't really the same story, but it kind of is. And there's a bit of crossover. And I'd already put it all together and I couldn't be bothered to separate well, it out and think of a storyline title, to be honest. So, Gemma, um, yes. what has been going on with poor Paulie Paul this week? On Monday, Paul is going to uh, get assessed for his PIP, which is a personal independence payment. And I like this scene because Izzy came along and she gave him some advice. Yeah, but this is what I wanted more of in this story. Mm. And there maybe hasn't been as much as they could have done. But having... Izzy was in it a fair bit this week, wasn't she? Yeah, she, she was. was. She was, she was going on, strike. on strike in the factory as well. Yeah. Um, yes. Anyway, she yeah, she's being act. She's been an activist. Mm. So Izzy says, "Don't play the hero. Tell the truth. Don't tell them how you feel on your best day. Tell them how you feel on your worst day. Otherwise, you're going to get nothing." I thought that was great. It, yeah, it's absolutely true. Paul's obviously really proud, and it makes me so sad and embarrassed at this country to know that people. It goes against our nature, like in this country, to complain or say. Bad. Well, no, we, yeah, we, we're supposed to keep things. a stiff upper lip, aren't we? Like, it's like when I go to the, whenever I go to the doctor, the doctor's like, "Hello, how are you?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. How are you?" They're like, "No, no. why are you here?" Well, I don't oh, well, like to complain. I had to go to the doctors today because I had to get a blood test, and I must have told you this. The nurse was said, oh. "You're right. You're right with needles." Never say you're not. <laughs> I, I said, "No, I'm a massive wimp. I don't like needles at all. I'm not going to look." And she's like, "Okay then." Did she really? brand it in there never tell them that you this happens to me never tell them because they panic I do I, I trusted her and she really hurt my arm we've um we've both had the call up from the doctors did we I can't remember whether we mentioned this, this on the relevant to the story no we, we you know now we're 40 <laughs> we've got to go in for health checks because we're old and falling apart apparently so this is my preliminary blood test before the doctor tells me that I need to probably stop eating quite so much chocolate and maybe <laughs> exercise at all at all at least anyway. yeah anyway sorry irrelevant so yeah i like yeah so yeah what i said i was saying it go it goes against your your nature to and it's embarrassing especially for paul somebody like paul who's a very you know he's 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 got a manly 
job. He's self-reliant. Well, he's a builder. He's a builder. Yeah. It's manly. <laughs> but he also does wear unicorn onesies. So I think that cancels it out. It doesn't mean that you don't have pride. It means you've got more pride in yourself. You just imagine if they had a Literally. wear your jammies to work day at Ed's Builders. <laughs> and he turns up like that. <laughs> right. Well, because you know they do that. Okay. You wouldn't be able to get. You wouldn't be able to get the helmet on over Let's the horn. Let's not go any further. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. Sorry. The, I I just think that this whole story has been done really well. Oh, it really, really with has. With the way that he's navigating things and having to put him be really vulnerable in front of strangers, mm. even if they are medical professionals, that's that's hard. Yeah, this this story has been superb. I said on the shorts, I think I did. I can't remember whether it was the tape we used that that this for me is there's going to have to be something absolutely stellar to come along in the next month and a half or so to stop this being the story of the year. This is the story and of the year. It doesn't, and it, but it's weird because it doesn't seem to be the one that Corrie is pushing as the story of the year. There's well, been so much put attack, into the acid attack. And we've got, you know, Carter brewing, haven't we? Oh yeah, but th- this has been it. And w- with a lot of the other stories, even though there has been some good stuff, I-, I enjoyed elements of the acid attack story, the stalking story, Amy's story with Aaron was superb in parts. But each of those other stories, I could kind of point out a few bits that didn't quite work for me. But this is just going above and beyond my expectations. Okay, look this and back to the beginning of the year and I'm having a moan and a whinge about Paul. And it's like, oh, he's such a do-getter, I don't like him. But now it's like, I'm such a Paul champion. But now we know that we've only got him for another six to 12 months. I don't think me, it's... Me, me, or however long it takes to get to Britain's Got Talent Week, I'm going to say. Or maybe Easter. Maybe Easter. Now that religious. he's Well, yeah, now that he's found his, um, his newfound faith. I don't um, think being religious makes you more likely to die at Easter, but maybe in fiction. Well, it worked for Jesus. Mm. <laughs> I wouldn't call Jesus religious, though. What? Yeah, what? Because it's well, it's like saying a fish is wet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It just goes without saying. <laughs> kind of, Okay, yeah, okay. It's, it's part of the course. Yeah, no, right. I just... I Why are we getting so really... sidetracked? I don't, I don't know. So... You, you were talking about it being really embarrassing for him and, and, and he wants to be proud and he doesn't want to... Um... Uh, yeah, I'm not saying he should be embarrassed. No, 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 no. But uh, but Izzy was right in what she said. And then they had the scene where he was online talking with the woman doing his assessment, That's didn't right. We? Yeah, and they're trying to, again, downplay things with, with humour, but um, it got kind of... It got, you know, it got really personal and intense, and she was friendly but quite cold. Cold, you know, what would, they, would you say that? You know, detached. Oh yeah, she, she's, she's got, got what to she do. needs she got, to she ask. She got to ask him questions and making all the jokes is fine, but it doesn't. You could tell the he question. was squirming a bit when he was saying, yeah, about, oh, you, I can't like, really get dressed on my own. Can can't you get, pour can, my cereal? Can you go to the toilet? You know, oh, yeah, these yeah, things yeah. you don't want to be talking about, but. No. Anyway, Joseph comes round and they play football games. They yeah, some FIFA. I don't know what that was about. I know Joseph became a bit more of an important character later in the week, but was Maybe, this just no, to what... remind us that their characters are linked so that what Gemma was going through made sense? I don't know. Maybe we were supposed to go, why is he not at school? Because he wasn't at school. He wasn't at school, was he? See, so he's true. been bunking off. Yeah. On Wednesday, Paul has a coughing fit when he has a glass of water and says it went down the wrong way. But um, 
as we all know on Coronation Street, no one's ever sick or says anything. No one's ever sick and has a cough apart from Stu unless there's something. This is why when Stu had his cough, exactly. we're like, he's, he's dying. He's dying. Got, he's, how long has he got left? Six or 12? No, I bring... Go on. Oh, no, I was, I was, I was, yeah, I agree. As soon as Paul started having that cough, it was like, uh-oh. Well, the, the warning bells started a ringing. I just wanted to say, I got I got pulled up on two things for the lot for Pulled up? Yeah. Um, one was um, saying, insisting that Courtney was pregnant Oh yeah, I've got about sick. that in the new in the in the feedback section. Later. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I'm. I, you're right. She was trying to get out of doing. An See, I knew that, but I forgot when we were recording last week's episode. Like when we watched it, I was like, I know, I know that she's not sick, and I. But but I was I, so I, in the moment last week when we were talking about, it, I couldn't actually remember why she was sick. It's because yes. I've got such a forceful personality. Isn't it, it is. It is. And I, I don't. I don't go against you. But. The other thing was saying that <laughs> Peter and. Toya were definitely going to some kind of murders, murderer support group because they weren't calling it an AA meeting. They were calling it a meeting. And lots of people told me that that is what you say. That's the lingo. Well, I didn't know you that. Don't, you don't go, I am going well, to my go... Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. Well, we're going to have to rename that classic comedy, comedy curry scene, Peter and Blanche at the meeting. At then. the meeting. Yeah, and then it'll just make it, yeah, we'll go, what meeting? Oh, yeah. Oh, that one. Right, so, so anyway, sorry, yeah, everybody. Exactly, exactly. I know it's really annoying when you're listening to a podcast and someone's being thick. It's all right. I don't know how Podcasts you put up with it, really. corners. We're not infallible. <laughs> um, okay. So... This is where everything turns quite serious because when, as soon as they say, as soon as Paul says, oh, you know, I had a coughing fit, the nurse immediately, like, rrr, 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 alarm bells go off and... Well, that's when Todd should have turned up and given him a coffin fit. No. Because he's going to no. need one soon. So, but Bernie's, Bernie, um... Bernie's there as well. She 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 turns up just to see how he's doing, and uh, he and because she wants to know about his money that's coming. Oh his, yeah, his sorry, I totally skipped forward to the the bloody today. No, he has a coughing fit, and that's it until Friday. I no, he has two coughing fits. On yeah, well, yeah, okay, Wednesday. but do you see what I'm saying? I totally skipped to Fridays. That's okay. Sorry, it was everyone. A good today. We literally just said stop apologising that I am not infallible. Believe it or not. Anyway, Bernie comes in and she's asking him how long is it going to be till he gets this PIP money. And it's going to be three months. Joseph's skiving off school. Definitely not skiving. He's too sick to go in. Bernie's in the precinct. She's meeting up with Big Garth. Oh, yes, Big Garth was in it this <laughs> week. That was a big surprise. So I can't remember the name of the actor now. Victor, Vincent, Vinny, something like that. But um, yeah, I think he's great. I loved him on Goodnight Sweetheart. But it's been, it's been a good few years since we've seen Big Garth. But they've mentioned him. And it's almost, it's it's usually felt like, well, he's never going to show up again. He's just going to be a character that they mention. I like because him. He's a named character, a bit like, you know, Tommy Orpington gets mentioned but doesn't often show up. He does sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I really wasn't expecting to see him again, so that was lovely. So he's in. He's meeting up Bigger with than ever. Bernie in the precinct and telling her about people aren't buying the laptops and she's trying to get him to, to sell them and um, they exchange some cash and they talk about dropping the price and we see them... Getting photographed. No, you're skipping ahead. It. You're I'm, just. You're because I'm. What? Yeah, you're just. You're remembering the the, the key moments. Because I'm remembering. Aren't you? They don't even <laughs> exchange any happen. cash at this point. Sorry. They're just talking about it and saying, "Let's get some cheap laptop sales." All right. So. Bernie needs the cash now. Paul is 
uh, choking again later. And he says, it's official, I've got a drinking problem, which is funny. <laughs> and Billy says, don't worry, um, just make sure you mention this at your speech and language appointment, which is tomorrow, Gemma, you donut. Meanwhile, the actual Gemma, Coronation Street Gemma, decides to take Joseph to the hospital because she can't get a GP appointment. This is like the first time on Coronation Street someone's not been able to immediately get... <laughs> no one's she's concerned. Yeah, that is She's true. like, emergency, emergency, the GP won't see me immediately. I think Dr. Gaddas must just have a photo of her in the room saying, do not... Don't let this woman in. Yeah, don't serve this person. Do not... Um... Don't serve this woman. <laughs> what do you call it when you see somebody? See them. Do not see this person. That just makes me think of Gaddas walking down the street with her eyes yeah, closed like, going, just, La, la, holding la, la, her hands up my blinkers going oh, if I don't see her she can't talk to me maybe she saw her eating once with her mouth open and that's just like I never want to look at that woman again but at least she's got very good tonsils <laughs> so um, she tries to con- uh, Gemma tries to contact Bernie to look after the quads but Bernie is too busy and the, you know I gave you a bit of a tip off that this was going to happen being photographed accepting money from Big Garth by some people who I assume are not paparazzi they were doing it very flagrantly just in the middle of the play park at the precinct weren't they I am surprised have a wad of cash Bernie I'm going to tell you that if you tried if if you drove up with two people taking photos of a school of a children's playground around here you'd probably get dragged out of your car and beaten to death (laughs) so it's a good job that Weatherfield's a bit more high class isn't it that's a really good point whether anybody saw him Photographing this play park was like I think we need to call the we need to call the police. And the yeah, there's a pair of that taking photos of a man and a woman though. Yeah, and, right, sort of and the police is like, don't worry, it's one of ours. <laughs> uh, Bernie. Then we find out why they were taking photos because they arrest her outside the tram station for handling stolen goods. So Swain takes her into the interview room, and she's got Joel the bland solicitor, and he's trying to tell them they don't have any evidence. And Swain says, well, we, we do. We, we've been following you about for a while. And Bernie's like, well, you ain't got no hard evidence. You've got to let me go. So they do release her, and Billy and Paul are suspicious because she's trying to kind of brush it aside and, and be being a bit too energetic and cheerful. And uh, she's like, no, everything's normal and fine. Don't worry about it. Then um, Gemma comes home with Joseph from the hospital and she thinks they've been fobbed off. So she's Googling symptoms and saying that um, there's definitely something wrong with him. And what, then she talks to Chesney later on. And Chesney's not concerned at all because nothing bothers Chesney. He's got he's like on some kind of mood stabiliser that suppresses all emotions or he's been replaced by a... What they um oh, what are they called on Star Trek? The... I don't know, I don't watch Star Trek. Vulcan, he's a Vulcan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he just doesn't seem to have emotions. He d- well, I, he's I, like, I, oh, who worked, do the, what? Je- this is obviously a storyline about Gemma. I can't remember what it's called because it's not Munchausen's uh, anymore. But facetious disorder yeah, imposed it, upon it. another. Yeah. Factitious disorder. That's like facetious. it. Fa- yes, factitious <laughs> disorder. That's the one. Facetious, that's, that's what we've got. <laughs> facetious disorder. Um... I, it's not I don't know whether the, I don't know whether this 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 little bit of the story is necessarily needed. It's not that. It's 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 just it's. I think it's a bit. Of, we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Okay. It's fine. not that though. She, she's That's, she's convinced there's something wrong with Joseph, and Chesney can see. She believes that, that there's something wrong with him, so it's not factitious disorder, okay. and she's not doing it maliciously. No. 
So anyway, she's being a bit hypochondriac. On behalf of on another. behalf of Joseph, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, J- J- Chesney's not concerned, and Gemma's like, "Well, you're not, not yeah, making out I'm hysterical." <sighs> Later on, Bernie tells Dev what's happened, and he's she, he's like, "Why are you getting involved in this again?" And she says, "Look, this is nearly the end of it. I just need to go to see the police, and that will be the end of it." And Dev's really not comfortable about this, but he's but not. Dev was notable by his absence in today's episode, wasn't he? Mm. He, he probably wasn't needed. I don't think we want we wanted him as well. I mean, they decided in the end um, for Friday's episode to have Abby it? be Bernie's confidant, and that could have easily really been well. Dev. But choosing Abby was absolutely well, the, we know that the right way to go for it. Jimmy Harkinson can deliver incredibly powerful. Oh, he would have been brilliant, but you know, there was something... I am a bit of an Abby fan. Well, it's something about the fact that they both were faced... Well, you know, she'd faced the, um, Bernie's worst fear, which is losing a child. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, on mon- on Friday... Back to Monday Back again, to Monday. <laughs> it says morning preparations, and I read it as, as Monday. Morning yeah. preparations at the flats. Some, there's, there's an insinuation that something happened last night. I was really confused watching this, and, I, and, and it's not unusual for me to miss really important goings on in Coronation Street and I was like oh, what did I miss on Wednesday's episode because they're saying something happened last night but I, I think we weren't supposed to I think it was Cory after think dark was not, yeah we were not supposed to know what they were talking about until a few scenes later yeah so so in a cafe Billy invites David because he and Paul are having breakfast and Billy's like David come over and chat with us please and then the bishop starts texting I think or emailing or whatever saying I'll, yeah email ca- I want to talk to you later. Um, oh no, it's at the same time as Paul's speech therapy. And Paul says, "Oh, don't worry, I'll be okay. You, you go, you go sort everything out." So Billy rushes off. I don't know why he's tidying the house in the morning when the bishop's coming in the evening. What in the afternoon? What is in that house? That's well, we saw from their bathroom today, which was very spacious. I thought for the amount of uh, square footage, I imagine yeah. that flat had had. So maybe it is a bit Tardis-like in there. Maybe he's just got like, oh no, the, the music room's a state. <laughs> well, they did have a piano at one point, didn't they? Yeah, but they had it in the lounge, so they clearly don't have a music. Well, room. obviously they're like, it's too much. There's not enough room in the music room for this extra piano. <laughs> I'm not going to get rid of the baby grand. <laughs> so anyway, so so. David's like, why is Paul being weird? What's going no, on? No, why is Billy being weird? Why is weird? Billy being weird? Sorry. Um, why, why are you being weird? Why are you, why are you sitting in a wheelchair, What's Paul? going on What's with going... you? <laughs> <laughs> I've missed something. Sorry, I haven't been watching it. <laughs> um, why, did you, why did he want me to come over so bad? It seems like he's really awkward around you all of a sudden. And Paul admits to David that there was... They, they tried to get amorous with Billy last night, but, but he got rejected. And... I don't know that you've written this down, but David then talks to him about what it was like with Shona. Like there was this kind of... Oh yeah, no, I didn't didn't write that. I can't remember what he said, but it's kind of like... Yeah, he was talking about of, after Shona got shot in a box. Well, she did change personality, so it was a bit strange. Yeah. But, well, and it was, wasn't it? Because she became a lot more childish. You know, she was more I know, infantile, but, wasn't but, she? But Paul's still the same person. That's the thing. Yeah. But I think this is, I think a lot of couples probably go through this because your body is changed from something, well, it's changed into into some kind of strange medical, mm. like, it's kind of alien to you when, when your body starts needing medical attention and you're not used to it. 
it mm. becomes very strange and you might maybe start feeling detached and especially if your partner's going through it you're worrying am I going to hurt you are you well, yeah exactly I, well, I imagine while you're in the moment as it were you'd be thinking things that would him? put you off your stroke. or like is he okay yeah or he's not he can't do what he used to be able no I, yeah but that makes it sound no, it's more the, selfish but, but that's I think like, no 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 but you, sometimes you are everyone is I just think that I wouldn't I'm be able to a, I don't think it's a bad get thing. it out of my head and and that would ruin the mood somewhat. But yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how much of what Paul was thinking Billy was imagining. Or what, 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 well, he's worried that he doesn't was fancy actually, him anymore. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and Billy makes it clear that that's absolutely not the case. But, but I don't think he's wrong to have worried about it because I can imagine there are... I mean, there are, there's... History's full of great, you know, in inverted commas, great men who had sickly wives that they then ran off and cheated on. Yeah. Because they were too ill. Yeah. Women's problems, I call Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, so... Yeah, no, I, I, I imagine that um, Paul has been thinking for a while, well, eventually Billy is going to stop fancying me because I'm going to be some kind of, you know, withered wreck and maybe now's the time. So he's... It's not, I think it's natural for him to have been... Concerned. Waiting for a moment like Wondering. last night, which oh, I guess was just horrible. something small, but maybe it was made to be something a bit bigger in Paul's mind. It's something you would worry about. Yeah, for sure. So, Ed and Chesney are talking. I don't know why. They're just in the shop. And Ed's he like, says, I'm going to be, I'm going to be in this. I've got a big scene later on in Friday's episode, so I suppose I better get talking to you. He's like, I'm going to talk to you now because I'm here, but you, honestly, you're not my biggest thing I'm doing today. <laughs> Um, he says to Ch- Chesney, give Gemma a break. She, are you surprised that she sees sickness everywhere with how Paul is? Which makes sense. Bernie tells Dev that she's not going to go to the police station now because she's got to go to Paul's speech therapy appointment because Billy's tidying the house for the bishop. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's meeting the bishop at the same time. Chesney goes back home and tells Gemma that he's sorry he was snappy. And then he realises that although he had told Ch- Joseph to go to school that day... Well, he with, told Gemma to make sure that Joseph went to school, didn't he? With they? Coxie the apple. Oh, yeah, you got a shout-out, I did, you? I got a shout-out. Um, also, also, I'm pretty sure that the words banging bog standard and bobbins made their appearance. Yeah, bobbins definitely Bobbins did. did, because Evelyn was talking about bobbins. Yeah. Actually, maybe bog standard didn't. I think bobbins got a, got a shout-out in today's episode well, as well. Get so, bog something was banging, I can't remember what. Was, yeah. Anyway, well, Sorry. that was the episode. Mm. So, so he's suspicious, and then he he re- yeah he realizes that Joseph hasn't been to school that day. He didn't go yesterday, and he tells him, "Get down here! You're going to school right now. You're not missing another second. It's already bad enough you've missed a day and a half." And it turns out he hasn't just missed a day and a half. He's mi- been missing loads of time mm. um, because Gemma's trying to hide this from him, and he's wor- she she gets worried, and he can tell on her face. Jesse can tell on her face. When he says, I'm going to talk to the teacher. Then. Yeah, it makes me wonder why the school hasn't emailed them. I suppose if Gemma's been phoning the school up to say, Joseph's sick, he can't come in, then maybe the school possibly didn't think that an email home would be required. But if somebody's going to be... A... How long has he been away from school? Has it just been a few more than a day and a half? Or he just can't tell how long... He... In Coronation Street, time is meaningless, isn't it? But we're led to believe that a significant amount of school has now been missed by Joseph. Yes. Yes. We get to see Paul in his hospital appointment, and then no, this is his, this is his yeah uh, yeah, yeah this is his therapist, yeah, therapist. Yeah. 
and they're talking about this um, voice device that they've got. Well, it's going to be, it's a bit like, um, I mean, with MND, that's what Stephen Hawkins had, isn't it? So he had his, he had his robo voice. And um, so I imagine it's something along those lines because the, the the nurse was saying, look, you can record some lines now. We can have them so it will sound like you. Otherwise, well, it will be a simulation of your voice. Yeah, yeah, I guess this it will what, be. Yeah. You, get, you can do it on your iPhone. You now. can just do it yourself now, actually. That's true. Um, but I, I, I pointed out on Twitter that maybe this was the moment that Summer brings out her ace robotic skills yeah. that saw her develop um, Summer's robot, among others, and, and help Summer's out with that. says... I, I haven't got Summer's robot here with me today. I was actually, I was thinking of possibly bringing Summer's robot along, but but you know we started recording late today, and I, and I didn't have the time. But um, it's probably a best idea if Paul doesn't just acquire Summer's robot's voice chips. Otherwise, you might inadvertently start saying how he prefers the old Summer, and that's just going to be embarrassing. Isn't just awkward, it? isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So he's saying all oh, that. You know that sounds pretty cool, and then he offhandedly mentions the fact that he was coughing, and this is when the nurse looks very concerned or the therapist and says that I'm just going to get your MND nurse to come and check because you've, you know, the, your situation has developed or changed in some way. Bernie's there with him at this point, yeah. isn't she? And she she's looking a bit concerned about this. And he gets, um, well, just say, uh, Paul gets this, he gets a peg on his nose and then he has to blow into a machine and it doesn't... <laughs> the, the machine says poor effort. Oh, he <laughs> has to do it again. It makes it sound like he's been graded at school. It's like, come on, Paul. And it's such a sad, a sad little graph, isn't it? Because you can see there's so much more space for it to go up and it's just not. Yeah. So his lungs capacity is obviously a concerning low level. Mm. Meanwhile, Bishop and Billy are having a little natter and it looks like the, the Bishop's basically saying, come back, all the, all the um, horrible homophobic people have changed their minds now and they're really, really sorry. And, um, and Billy's talking about how he wished he had the support of the church. Yeah, he says that with everything that I'm going through at the moment, knowing that the church and the congregation are behind me would be a real boost, so... And, and Bishop's like, well, that's fantastic! Come it, back to to work because I I'm not working on Christmas it, Day. It feels to me like it's nice that the that the church have reaccepted him again, but it literally the story has gone from sorry we're kicking you out to let's not mention it for a yes, month or yes. so to now you can come back and, and yeah, it feels like there's a missed middle well, it bit also, there. They also skipped out the bit where there was an an, an incredibly complicated conflict between Billy's personal life and his public ecclesiastical life oh, good word yeah he's just like there's a massive rift between these two things and i do not feel as though there's a way to merge them together in a way that would make sense and it's not like they want the to keep religion out of this storyline because no. billy's beliefs paul's acquisition of a a faith Bernie's crystals that has played no small part. Well, I, I think it has they, been a small part, but well, no, I, I think they've. It's been. It's, it's been constant. a theme. Yeah. yeah, a theme of the story has hmm. been faith, um, yeah. and, and to have Billy just be invited back to the church, saying sorry, well, just don't do it again. No more sneaky weddings I mean, in the church. I mean, maybe this right, is Billy? how they do it. I don't know. I mean, honestly, uh, we're we're acting this as like it's completely um, out of the question that they would ever just brush something under the carpet but 
church is pretty good at doing that kind of thing. I just would have thought that Billy might have talked about it a bit more or maybe... If I was Billy, I think I'd be like, well, it's all very nice, but what do you really think? You know, I'm not coming back if you're going to be all... Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Like, your marriage is an abomination before the Lord. But we suppose we better let you in. I just would have preferred it if maybe Billy had been saying all the... the, the church councillor meeting about me but it today also, or if I was if I was the bishop too I mean I don't agree obviously I have my own personal beliefs about this but just on the very basic fact of, of the matter that that Billy as a high ranking official in the church of England went on a radio station and said oh the church doesn't support my marriage and yeah. I and what, that's what ter- the church how terrible. says is wrong yeah and the, and the bishop's like it was like ages ago. It's yeah. fine. I think he's just desperate for somebody to cover him on Christmas Day. <laughs> I think they've just got massive vats of soup that's probably about to go off and somebody's needed to dish it out to the homeless people. There's, there's probably, you, you said uh, when we were watching it earlier, there's probably Don't some just dying homeless people standing outside the... Uh, standing out the, of Victoria, uh, the Victoria yeah, flat. Victoria's yeah, yeah. court flat. And Carla's just... Why is there nobody to feed time, me soup? Every time Carla comes out, she's like stepping over their bodies, going, "Oh, it's so grubby." Somebody, somebody needs to come and do something just about needs this. To give him Billy his job back, so they can feed up these homeless people and get him out of my my, my road. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's exactly like Peter. That, but... They're clogging up the vestibule. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, don't worry. This the the soup will soon the be, will be flowing freely again oh, in Weatherfield now that Billy has got his job back. Oh, I do like soup. Anyway, so Billy Billy then gets this contact from Bernie. He's saying she's saying to him, "Look, something's going on here. This isn't just a regular run of the mill kind of thing. There's something's happening, and I'm worried. So please, can you come?" So Billy excuses himself yeah. and goes to the hospital so they can sit in there. Later on, Gemma's working herself up and thinking Joseph's ill, and he needs to go to the hospital immediately to A and E. Something wrong with him. He's got a headache. Not, I don't know what's wrong with him. Nothing. And she's trying to get hold of Bernie and she can't find her, but she bumps into Abby who offers to look after the quads so that Joseph can go. So then after this test has been administered to Paul, the nurse says, I'm going to put in an SR1 form for you, for your PIP payment to get it faster. And Bernie's like, oh, that's really good. And Billy's there at that point as well. Yeah. Um, and and Paul knows what this means. This SR1 form means that he has got six to 12 months left to live. And she's like, mate, you know, it's not a, it's not a prognosis. I'm not telling you that. But, you know, Paul's, Paul knows that this is what it's for. Yeah, and, and Bernie's still trying to pep him up and saying, oh, you know... Could, could be longer, could be, couldn't it? She's almost in denial a little yeah. bit, isn't this she? This is so hard because she's trying to put a brave face on it and, and Paul's not having it. And he ends up rejecting her, really, and saying he wants to go home with Billy. He doesn't really want Bernie to come with them anymore. That scene was really well done. They all had tears in their eyes, didn't they, when they were, when they were by the end of it. Paul's just had the rug completely pulled out from under him because yes. like Bernie said to Abby I think later on we yeah, were expecting like this years. was going to go on for another three years and I think the viewers had kind of dis- guessed. Had guessed that it, it wasn't going to be dragged out that long so this isn't particularly a surprise to me um, what was what was a surprise to me actually was how well for the whole episode actually they managed to avoid 
any silly noises or sound effects or wibbly wobbly cameras. This was Good all very, point. very raw and it was they, they just relied on the script, the direction, the actors' brilliant performances to deliver the raw emotion that would be necessary for scenes like this. And you know what? They actually made managed it. They they didn't need that sound effect where Paul's going, everything's wibbly wobbly, wibbly wobbly while he's been telling his news and then he and then people are like Paul, Paul and then you go Vroom! and then oh my god so they didn't need it's it can be effective that was done really really well for Sinead when she got her prognosis but it's been overused and I was completely expecting it today not needed all of the stuff with um in the bath scenes later that that could have been experimental editing overload but it wasn't they just it was just very plain and simple um well emma lindley is was the director for that episode mm. and she, some she of the, used you say restraint. it was plain but some of the yeah some of the shots were great like the the the, the side by side of paul and Billy, yeah, when he was in the bath. Well, what what I particularly liked about it, and I, I'm not going to renounce. And there was some my, great frame. There were some great frame there shots. Was, there there were some, some very really well good. frame shots today. Mm. Well, I, I'm not going to renounce my love of stunts and serial killers and 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 all that kind of drama. I, I, I love that stuff. But I think what made tonight's curry so particularly successful was the well was the the. The normality of it. It was just, it was in a bathroom. It was a nice change that I, I don't think we've seen that bathroom set before. You're skipping ahead. But yeah, I know. But the, the fact that this scene was just those two in a bathroom there, they couldn't move either of them. So it was just having a chat in the bathroom. They didn't need stunts or special effects or anything. It was just completely down to the dialogue and the performance and the direction and um, the banality of it, the, the real life relatability of it mm. is what made those, those scenes so good. Yeah. But yes, I right. skip ahead. Mm. Um, <laughs> what noise is that? Mm. <laughs> Bernie, I felt really bad for Bernie because she's kind of, Paul was kind of snapping at her a little bit too because she called, she said, thank you, doctor. And she called herself a consultant as well. And um, and Paul says that she's not a doctor, she's a nurse. And then Bernie says, well, I'm, you know, I'm a consultant so I can promote her and, and kind of walks off really sad because she's only trying to help, but she realises that she can't, she can't jolly him along. She can't make it better. And actually, he doesn't even want to be with her. He wants to be with Billy, which must be really heartbreaking when you're when you're a parent yeah. and you just want to comfort them. Because... I mean, they are married now. But... Yes, I know. But Michael, you parents will want to be with always their... your baby. I know, I know. At the hospital, um, Gemma's there with Joseph. She's get she's doing that classic grabbing a a walk a passing doctor and. You've got to see my child. You, we need you. We need you. And uh, she's also getting this voicemail from Paul. He's told her that he's only got six to twelve months to live, and he feels really cow. Paul feels really cowardly that he's just sent this to her instead of phoning her up or talking to her in person. Um, but it's, it's interesting that we didn't. There weren't any face-to-face Paul and Gemma scenes today. Were there? I think. So it was interesting how they kept them apart and maybe this is what's going to possibly snap Gemma back into reality when she realises she's spending all her time on 
this Joseph. fictitious disease or illness or condition or whatever that she thinks Joseph has and she's not getting well, to be able to spend her twin brother's final moments with him or final well, this months is with possibly him. something that could be fixed you know she can't do anything about Paul mm. but she can find out what's wrong with Joseph if any people would take it seriously mm. I don't think that having Gemma in any of the scenes tonight would have particularly enhanced them and I'm not saying anything bad about Gemma I do like Gemma as a character but she it, it it worked that there were just a small number of actors in that scene. Yes, but, and, I'm, and I think I that. Agree. But I think that we need fairly early on next week. I hope for for Gemma and Paul to have some heart to hearts together because those two spark off each other really well. So anyway, she gets this terrible news, you know, and she's already feeling terrible at the at the hospital with Joseph and back at the flat. Paul is uh, saying, yeah, I couldn't tell her face to face. And Billy says, look, why don't we, why don't I run you a nice bath? And then Paul's like, oh, oh, oh. starts to get a bit amorous, And Billy's like, are you, are you sure you, you know, after what you, after the news that you've got today, what, you know, is this what you really want? And he's like, yeah, well, why, why not? Well, now more than ever. Paul has felt rejected. In but it's the, also in the intimate sense in the past yeah, 24 hours and but it's it, also like my body can do things now that you know yeah. it, it won't be able to do and also I just want to forget what's happening yeah he says well we still can doesn't he um, and Billy's you know, like I'm going to get some wine <laughs> I think it, it, he would hope that it would take his mind off the, yep. the news I guess yeah Bernie goes back to number five it's everything's dark no one's home um, and she gets she's she bought herself. A, well, no, there is Abby's upstairs, isn't she? Yeah, she doesn't, she doesn't know anyone's yeah. home. She's bought herself a little bottle of vodka, and she's just drinking it out of a mug. And Abby comes down and says, "Oh, sorry, sorry, Gemma, Gemma's gone. I'm here looking after the kids because Gemma's gone to the hospital." And Bernie's like, "Oh, great. What now? You know, everything's going wrong." And Abby's can see that she's upset because she's really in tune with people, Abby. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Bernie explains what's happened and they have this really great heart-to-heart on the sofa about what they, you know, about their feelings and it's really honest and raw too. Yeah, and it was. It was, again, very well directed. This was a dark scene and not one of the Corrie dark scenes, which is let's film it in the middle of the day and stick a, a blue filter over it. <laughs> this was a, you know... Dark obviously, obviously well, this is in the set it, so they exactly, can turn the lights was, down. <laughs> yeah, but I think that really helped that it was dark and moody and... It, atmospheric. Yeah, yeah. It, was really, it was super atmospheric and obviously Sally Carmen is a fantastic actress We've said so many times before. We've also bigged up Jane Hazelgrove, but I think this particular scene, I'm going to say, was one of Jane's best ever emotional scenes. She's great for the comedy, but she showed her acting chops She's so great. in this Both particular um, yeah, dialogue. I don't know how many scenes these two have had t- together. No, not much. And they don't really have much in common except for this terrible, horrible, shared tragedy mm. by which we mean Abby has lost her son when Seb died. She was saying, you know, because Bernie's saying it feels like he's being taken away too soon. And Abby's like, not in a horrible way, but it did feel a bit like, well, you know, my son (laughs) was kind of kicked to death. And that was pretty fast. Um, and, And Bernie's like, how do you, I don't even know how you process that. And then they start talking about the crystals and... And she says, they never really helped me, but I wanted something. 
to to make up for the fact that uh, it's my fault that Paul's got MND. When she started saying that and she, that she blamed herself for Paul, and I was kind of ready to go, oh no, here we go again, somebody blaming herself. But then when the dialogue came through in the next scene to explain it, even then I was like, oh yeah, okay, you that would works do. well. You would do. Any anyway, um, then we get in the flat. Paul's Paul's got himself in the bath, and then also in the hospital. They're saying Joseph is there's something wrong with him. Then we get Billy coming into the bathroom. <laughs> he's come back from the shop and he's going, "I've got some anti-dandruff shampoo." And Paul's like, "Look, you're killing the mood, man. You, why are you talking about that?" Then he says, "Do you still fancy me?" And th- the mood's just over, so he asks um, Billy to get him out of the bath. But when Billy leans over and starts to try to lift him, he pulls something in his back. And he ends up lying down on the floor um, to try to, to ease his pain. And I was thinking, oh, God, this is just the most awful, tragic, sad. They're, they're, now they're going to start talking about bath lifts and and he's going to say, uh, you know, we're going to need a full-time carer or something. You know, this is going to spiral into this really dark, I, I, That's interesting. I was kind of, at, at this particular moment in it, I was thinking, oh, it's gone silly and slapstick and he's trying to pull really? him out. Yeah, and oh, he's twinged it his back. honestly. No, it, but I was thinking that that's where it was going to go. But actually it was just a setup to get some superb dialogue. I, I didn't really like the moment of the twinge. I, I thought yeah, there was I, I we, we kind of skipped past the bit but when Paul gets himself into the bath as yeah. well that was a well done scene Lo- lots of flesh on display I have <laughs> yeah. to say for a pre-water shed, shed show um, yeah but he he was Paul's or Peter Asher's um, performances as his as the character's um, physical capabilities have declined over the months have been brilliant and this bit where he kind of just flops himself into the bath and the water's going everywhere there was a bit earlier when he's kind of moving around and the shampoo bottle ends up falling off the side of the bath into him and peter just kind of runs with it and puts it back again it was it was very yeah yeah different i i i I think that was unpolished yeah it didn't feel like slick but that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be real and human. Yeah, it's it was it was supposed to come like across as looking a like a bit struggling. of a mess. Yeah, yeah, but that that that's helped, and 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 the ends there it just ends with the two of them kind of having a bit of a giggle about it on the floor, both and, laughing and, at like, yeah. how helpless and and silly. yeah, and not saying oh this is tragic. That's the be- That's the best thing about this story. It's just so fantastic, it, and it, it it really is inspiring. I think. Mm. I would hope to be as yeah, and then, you know if you if you're fa- if you're facing Paul. something like this, you wouldn't want to feel like you were expected to just laugh it laugh off. it off. Yeah. But it's it's very refreshing to be able to watch a story where characters do. Well, this is what it was saying before about the idea of a good death and um, sort of taking control and power back and not spiraling into despair and depression which is an obvious and real way and totally normal way to react. Mm. But the idea that there's a different way and it's possible to face it with 
grace and humour. And it's a bit like, just, you know, when, when like he- said, inspiring 10 or so years ago, whenever it was, and Hayley was on, on her last legs, and there was obviously an awful lot of tragedy there, but there was also some real sweetness, and they did the... Uh, the Roy and Haley online diaries, didn't they? Do you remember there was one like when they were camping out in the garden and there was another one when they went to the boating lake and then you had the scenes where they're paddling along in Blackpool and it's tragic but also really sweet. Even in like, was it Haley's last week or the week before last? They they, they had that little story where Roy has to go and get strawberries so that they yeah. can make jam and it was moments like that that made the storyline or stopped the storyline from just being a depressing, tragic unwatchable mess. The Sinead's wasn't like that. Sinead's had some lovely um, moments as well, but I feel that that was maybe leaning a little bit too heavily on the, on the, isn't this tragic side and, and this, they've, they've got it absolutely right. I, I also remember that Hayley was quite bitter and angry at times, which I think oh, yeah, she was. I mean, was I rem- realistic. And- yeah, yeah, I always remember when she shoved down the Christmas tree. Yeah, can't She was like, why, why is this happening to me? I'm not More ready, this Christmas. isn't fair. But you also had Hayley in her, in her final tour of the street going around and saying yeah. oh, well, goodbyes to everyone, going up to Hayley and that's uh, no. going up to Tracy and telling her exactly what she thought of her, saying <laughs> her own kidney would reject her and would you go to see Carla in the factory? That was that was fantastic. And it's those moments that help make these really depressing, well, potentially depressing moments um, watchable. There's light in the darkness. Yes. <sighs> Back it just feels you. really trite, you know, but Corey's avoided all of that kind of maudlin triteness. I wonder, I wonder at what point it is just going to turn and be miserable because Paul can't keep jollying himself along he's right not, to the very end. The thing is, I don't he? think he's, jo- I don't think he's putting a plaster over it. I think he's just, this is how he copes. Hmm. I I would hope that he can still keep a smile on his face for as long as possible because I think once he dies, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Jane Hazelgrove in particular pulls out I of the bag. I don't want for this after that and Dolly as well. I, I I remember you know when the moment when Abby finds out that Seb dies and she's crumbled God. in the hospital corridor. I think we're going to get something just on that line from Jane as well. Um, anyway, we've any... left Paul and Billy laughing on the. In the bathroom about their failed amorous. They had. I'm just going to say this too. They had some incredibly frank conversations about sex that I don't think I've ever heard from gay characters in Coronation Street before. And I might have blanked it out because you know how much I love sex chat in general. Yeah, Gemma is a bit of a prude when it comes to those kind of things. Yeah, but I. It, it really did feel like you were just listening to somebody's real life conversation because yeah, they were jo- they were just making jokes about raunchy raunchy things and I know this wound uh, this this really got some homophobes peed off hmm. tonight but it was they just two like just two gay men being human beings and discussing their sexual relationship with each other and having a laugh and and making cracking jokes hmm. and it, it's sad that that winds people up. It, it didn't feel like they had to tone the dialogue down to to fit pre-watershed. It felt natural enough, didn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. but do you know what I mean? I don't think we've ever really had this kind of no frankness with almost any couple, straight or gay, because we do have, you know, <laughs> the, the, the randiest couple on Corrie 
is obviously Sally and Tim. But theirs is always a bit campy and carry on-ish yeah. and, and saucy, you know, postcard kind of and, thing. And this was a Jonathan Harvey episode, so we did get bits of that. Like <laughs> when, this, when Todd's um, trying to get into the jokes, flat later and he's like, oh, when, drilling, I, when you thought you were getting stiff, a drilling from Todd, this isn't what you were going to get. But it was just peppered in just the right amount so that it was still funny, but it wasn't drowning in it. And I was like going, okay, okay, yes, you're hilarious. It was, it was just really, really well done. Even the, and the bit later on when Ed's there and he's like, I'm getting stiff. <laughs> Please. <laughs> this is Coronation Street. Um, so I can't, what did they end up talking about on the floor? I can't remember what they said. And I, you know, they re- eventually realise that they're going to have to call for help and they're going to have to ask Todd to come. But before that, we cut back to Bernie who explains to Abby why it is that she thinks that it's her, oh, yeah, her fault. That, yeah. that, um, Paul has MND. She's saying, I was a party girl. I was partying through my pregnancy. Now Paul's paying the price. And Abby's saying, you can't fix, you can't blame yourself and you you can't fixate on this. It never gets, it won't get you anywhere. And then she says, I'm supposed to be going to the police station. I don't even go. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm coming or going. And Abby says, you just need to do what's right for you right now. And you'll work it out. Which may be not the best advice. Maybe it'd be like probably phone him up and say I've had bad news. I just love how whenever somebody's needed to just be a really, really good listening ear, Abby's always happen Abby always happens to be just walking down the street. Because it reminds me of the acid attack episode. Yeah. When she was the one just a hero. that was yeah, that was there to, to help out Daisy at the end. And... If I could be like anybody on Corey, apart from the drug problem and the dead kids, <laughs> it'd be Abby. <laughs> I bet that, that Amy and Toya are like secretly jealous. seething of her natural. She's not even a shoulder volunteer. I know. <laughs> she's not a counsellor. She's not a shoulder volunteer. She's just a woman on the street, and look what she's doing. But she's, you know, she always knows what to say. She and she listens. Hmm. I wish I could be as good of a friend to people that I don't even know. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, you don't don't even doesn't even know her. She's just. she's just there and lovely to everybody and yeah like you said we don't often have Abby and Bernie scenes and I think that was another thing that made this week for me there were scenes with characters in places that we don't usually see characters together that we don't usually see like you know Evelyn and Roy in the factory that felt fresh and new which made it all the more interesting. Yeah, that's true. The, the bathroom scene itself, that was a new scene. We have, we don't new usually, set. we never see bathroom scenes or set. very, very rarely set. sets. And sorry, in Coronation Street, there was, there was, uh, not, not dripping in it, but there were definitely bits there that just felt fresh and that's new. That's true, that's true. Um, yeah, just using characters and, and sets that they've got in different ways just to yeah. make it look a little bit fresher. Because we know that back in COVID, they had the, the problems where they had to have cohorts yeah, and bubbles, bubbles and you had to only have this set of characters could only be in scenes with each other. Can have Evelyn with Scarla in a scene back in COVID. No, and obviously it's t- it really feels like it's taken a long time to shake that off. And I'm not saying that, oh, everything's back to normal now and this is going to be the norm and we're just going to have complete mix-up because it seems that block filming has put an end to that until somebody can figure out how we could mesh it a bit uh, yeah but um, but yeah I, I very well. much appreciated all of that this week so Billy and Paul yes are back still still, <laughs> still there they there. haven't moved anywhere they, they, they've asked Todd for help now and 
Billy's talking to Paul and he's saying, look, I do, I do fancy you. We've got to be more honest and open with each other. And Paul says, well, in that case, I've got to tell you, I've been going to church and I've, I've been going with Dee Dee. And he's like, it's a much nicer church than yours. They're like, they're much friendlier and they do singing and stuff. More fun. I'd, I'd quite like to see this. I thought that this moment was really, really special because this means everything to Billy. Hang on, he says, I've been, ba- in fact, yeah. I've been baptised. Yeah. This means everything to Billy. And, and although I think, I don't, I don't particularly buy the conversion of Paul, <laughs> um, that's happened so quickly and over the course of just a few scenes it doesn't you know what I mean you know uh, earlier this summer he's just like you know what I've decided I'm going to give church a go I'm going to have a scene with Dee Dee where she tells me about her deep Christian faith that we've never seen before and and now I'm maybe going to believe that there's something there um I, I wish we'd have seen I'd like to have seen these secret meetings and maybe oh, having maybe we'll because them. Paul and Dee Dee have had a great relationship in the past. They were used to be flatmates, and I think that could have been an extra facet to this story. Like Paul having these secret meetings and not being able to tell Billy about it. And that if this had been the moment where he revealed, "This is what I've been doing all those times when you've been wondering where I was," maybe that would have. Right. Would have worked just as well. I, I don't know. I thought it was, I didn't want to change any of this. I, I was really happy with how it was. I just, because I enjoy Paul and Dee Dee together, and I think I would have found those scenes interesting. It kind of made me, it gave me a bit of a, gave me a bit of a case of the what ifs. But maybe we will see more of it now because despite the fact that he's mentioned Dee Dee, she's not really had anything to do with this story, has she? It's been a bit like David, supposed friend to, to Paul, but not really having much to do with him. Yeah, she was there at the wedding, um, but I, I'd like to have seen her be used just a little bit more than she has been. See, I'm wondering, see, this is what I'm wondering here. Is is Billy going to go along to one of these church services that... that um, Dee Dee and Paul have been going to and go this this is much better church than my church and then ditch C of E yeah d- we could d- ditch well no this is still C of E that well, Paul's going to but you could ditch St Mary's instead of what's a cool name St I don't know St <laughs> Bangers St Bangers <laughs> I don't know alright um, anyway may, maybe because it, it has felt a little bit like we said earlier a bit weird that the bishop has said, well, it turns out that everybody's forgiven you, you could go back to St Mary's. Maybe if he does go to St Mary's and he realises that there is still an air of mistrust or or something. It's a bad in, vibe. Yeah, if there's a bad vibe when he goes in there, maybe having him be- just become a vicar again of the cool church. <laughs> yeah, the cool church. That would suit him because he was a very bit of a raver himself back I've in the day, wasn't he? I've thought Billy's more the sort of... of clergyman who instead of turning up with his little shirt on and his you know and standing in a drafty empty church he's the more the kind of guy that he pitches up with a jumper on and his guitar and says hey kids i want to tell you about a really cool guy that i fell in love with he and he's been there for me my whole life He's called J Dog. This <laughs> he, is a song. <laughs> we we heard that you know he had a wild teenage years and then he found God and I, I, I he doesn't come across he he's he's a little bit dorky now isn't he Billy but it's a bit maybe maybe if he were to refine his true calling and go to a proper evangelical happy claffy or clubby bubby or whatever sort I of love church, a clubby bubby church um, maybe that'd be nice but. I'd probably just miss the Mary's end, to be honest. I don't know. Anyway, 
Todd arrives at the flat and Billy's like, you need to break the door down. So Todd goes and finds Ed. Ed, Ed helps them to, to bust into the the flat and they realise they've got another task ahead I, of them, I wanted they? to see the scene where Todd kicks the door down and Ed's like, I just fitted that door for you a few weeks ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so they... They, they, every, it's all really light-hearted and kind of carry-on filmish, and it was, but it wasn't. It I wasn't don't know how they did. It wasn't at it all wasn't cheesy. Like naff. It, it, Ed's reaction when he walks into the bathroom, like oh blimey, and Todd, he was just kind of smirking, despite the the obvious tragedy of what's happening. Todd's smirks were totally within character and also not at all inappropriate because I, yeah, I fa- it it would have been heartbreaking if you were. Paul and these two guys break in and then they're immediately like oh how tragic and sad and, and pathetic I, I think they just you, was ma- making a joke out of it and it kind of diffused the because situation because they know uh, that Paul is okay with having a joke because yeah, he's trying to put a brave he's trying to put a brave face on her and make her laugh, laugh out of the whole thing so it was they, they knew that he'd be okay with it I just I wanted to say as well well, well done to Peter Ash for just lounging <laughs> around with not much clothes on in a in a Imagine bath in a studio. That was, you know, that that takes some guts, I think, to do that. <laughs> it, that's, that's what, like we were saying in the scene where he gets into the bath and they're just revealing an awful lot of Peter Ash's flesh. Not for the first time in the last few months because we had the skinny dipping scene, didn't oh, we? I yeah. bet he didn't expect this at the beginning of the year that yeah. he'd be getting his kit off twice at exactly, least in Coronation yeah. Street. But yeah, they they got the they got the tone of it just right. Yeah, it was. I thought this hit just the spot. Um, so they're, they're discussing about who's going to come out of the bath. And th- who's going to come out of the bath? Well, sorry, who's going to he's going to be lifted away first, yeah. and they end up saying that it's got to be Billy, so they can get more room to get Paul out. And Todd smirking and saying, "Oh, clergy first, rent boy second. <laughs> there was lo- there were loads of like really close to the knuckle jokes. Yeah, and it also Ed was like, "I'm not going to ask what you were doing in here." But yeah, gay, oh, yeah, so gay stuff. Ed. I can't remember. <laughs> well, he said it was... wasn't. It's not related to being gay. It's like, well, yeah, was it I Paul that so. said it's not a gay thing? Well. What it does was, that mean? It was perfect because Ed was clearly squirming about being there, but because he's been close to Paul in the past, being his boss and everything, he knew that, that he kind of had to help him. And, and again, his reaction to the whole thing was he's spot like, on. Me and Aggie what it should be. shag all the time in the bar. Oh, yeah, he did say that <laughs> a little bit, like, didn't he? Oh, it was really funny. And the, they managed to heave him out of the bath, and Summer walks in right as he's oh. being... Lifted well, I'd out. said earlier when when they were on the floor, I said, "Oh, because it was feeling like it was going the way of like the the comedy of errors." And I said, "Oh, Summer should come in." But actually, the moment they chose for her to come in, <laughs> where Billy was kind of hunched over, wasn't he? Because he was he just got up, but his back was still bad. Todd, Ed was round one end of Paul, Todd around <laughs> the other, and just the the formation it that they've like, got himself it was into. L- yeah, it was like a gymnast like kind of formation it looked like they were playing Twister in the bath didn't it (laughs) and and Summer's reaction to it was perfect just having her walk in there and go what on earth have I walked into and then this is when Ed says I'm getting stiff and she's like I'm going absolutely perfect how how can they get so much laughs out of such a tragic scene I don't know Um, so what else has been going on at the at the hospital Chesney and Gemma are there and the doctor's saying you know I want to speak to Joseph I want to speak to Joseph 
um, privately, then I want to speak to Chesney privately. And the doctor says to Chesney, look, this isn't helping anybody, especially not Joseph. There's 100% nothing wrong with him. We've checked everything um, and he's completely fine. And He's saying there's, there's so many sick people in this hospital. She kind of gives him a hard time, even though it wasn't his fault. I think, no, I don't think she is. I think she's just kind of saying, I, you well, need to talk to your wife. Well, she wasn't being and... horrible, but she wasn't being... See, I'm going to... Right, so when I was younger, my family went through a really hard time and I did skive off school too. And I said I was sick all the time and my parents took me to the doctor and the doctor was doctor said, you know, she's... Oh, yeah, you had, you had a bit of a Joseph time yourself, didn't you? She did, yeah. The doctor was like, she's not... She's just... It's just an emotional kind of... We didn't really have mental... I, I, well, I don't think... Mental wasn't, health wasn't a It wasn't thing couched in the same way as it would be now, but she no. was basically just saying she's not coping emotionally with what's going on. Why did so you do it? What because was, I, I just was miserable. What about? It's general. Uh, it's nothing I want to talk about okay, at the moment. Okay, okay. But I'm just saying, like, I was quite surprised that the doctor didn't say, I think it's an emotional problem, not, not say... A, a body problem that we can help you with because now I think they're going to have to work this out themselves Gemma and Chesney mm. but I was just surprised that the doctor wasn't was kind of saying get out if there's nothing wrong with you have there been any clues do you see what I'm yeah, saying yeah, yeah. from my own experience I think doctors can say this child is emotionally distressed have there been any clues about what is actually getting at Joseph I, I'd like to do say that there haven't been do you not think the fact been? that he was he, on Monday he was playing he was playing a game with his dying, dying uncle. uncle. His he lives in a house with four kids, one of whom's got, um, you know, his, his death. Mm. His his mum's in, you know, his. There's so much turmoil going on in this poor kid's life. I assume that he's not being bullied at school only because there's already a bullying story going on with I Dylan think and if Mason. I was Mason, I'd give him a bit of a shove. <laughs> Maybe it's maybe there's no particular new trigger. I mean, it is Coronation Street, so there probably is something. Joseph's just a perennially tragic waif of a child, isn't he? But he's so. Chesney's son. <laughs> yeah, that's the main thing. He's growing. No into, wonder he's like this if he's got you for a dad, Chesney. He's growing into his miserable phase. Yeah, it's much earlier than Chesney. Let's give him did. a dog. So anyway, um, I think that's it for that storyline. But basically. It doesn't get resolved, and Gemma's still concerned that something's wrong with with Joseph. Bernie eventually turns herself in at the at the station, and Swain charges her for handling stolen goods, and she's not impressed that she turns up so late. And we finally end with Billy and Paul on the sofa, and they have an end of episode <laughs> pre bonk snog. Yeah, Paul's still like Randy throughout the it's whole like, of listen, everything that's happened. But he's still like, got to borrow time back. here. I know he has, hasn't he? <laughs> Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, Okay, so... How how rude and shocking. Yes, that was... um, I think we've kind of gone over everything that there is to say about this. Um, Yeah, it just feels... Oh, yeah, it's it's speeding up now, isn't it? Um, it, Yeah, 
I'm gonna, Easter or Britain's Got Talent Week is gonna is gonna be when it happens. Every time they have something uplifting and funny in this story, I kind of worry: is this gonna be the last time? Is it just gonna be downhill and misery from there? So. Uh, Hopefully there's still plenty more to come. What do you think about the fact that the Bernie laptop story is still going? Because oh, it, God. it felt a little bit like a few weeks ago that that had been kind of neatly put away in the box uh, alongside Shelley. But it feels like they're still going to rent as sort of ring out a bit more drama there. In a way, I'm glad they didn't, you know, try to pretend it never happened. But uh, it just. It feels like, it just feels like gilding the lily. This was almost an example, because we've said in the Ryan storyline, they don't need all the extra soapy stuff with the relationship and uh, and the the drugs and the pumping iron and the ovids. Let's make it a story about recovery from an acid attack. The best bits of this story have been seeing the effects on Paul and his relationship and all the extra... frilly bits on top which in this case is Bernie's criminal endeavours they've not really felt necessarily needed no Um, there was the worry earlier on in the year that Bernie was really putting herself at risk by risking prison if Paul's going to um, you know going to need her in the next few months so I guess maybe it's going to go down that route Um, I I I really hope that they don't flub it because this is such a really, really good story and um, I want them to see it through and, and have something that we can look back and say that was a, a proper, proper classic, brilliant story all the way through. Peter out. Hmm? That's the next story. Are we moving on to the next yep. story? We've said We've enough We've said of that. literally all there is to say now. So Peter Ash going out. Is Peter Barlow going out? Is he going to be sailing away to Italy next week? Sail Not away, so sure about that. Away, well, this started away. off being the main story of the week until the Paul story took over it. Um, but Carla um, is back from Spain. That Spain trip was a bit weird, wasn't it? It, it felt like uh, Ali King is unavailable. Let's get her away and they'll come back. Um, but wow. she, she, I, 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 I obviously don't, don't know. Speculate. I, I do speculate, but we I don't. Don't know. we never it, do? It felt unusual that the character would disappear off to Spain when her husband is being accused of murdering someone. Well, it sounds like the perfect time to go. <laughs> Get away from the drama. Anyway, she, she. It seems like Peter's not expecting her to come back, and the <laughs> the, the flats are dumb. Things didn't go well for Bachelor her in Pat, Spain, baby. Um. So yeah, everything's a bit rubbish for Carla. Peter's walking around in the street later, sees his dad, and um, oh, nothing particularly happens there. But Ken says, do you want to come for lunch with me? And Peter says, no, i got to go and see Carla. So in the factory later, we've got Sarah and Carla. Um, Michael's been hired by Sarah at the factory, hasn't he? And Sarah hasn't broken this news to Carla yet, so she kind of shoos him away. Um, and Carla says, how's things been going, Sarah, without me? And Sarah's like, honestly, everyone's on the edge. We haven't been able to pay them for close to a month now. They're not happy about this. As for me, I'm feeling really guilty about being involved in Stephen. I feel ashamed that I didn't know what he was up to and that I didn't tell everybody that he was clearly a little bit iffy. (laughs) Um, And basically, everything's a bit naff at the factory. 
Michael ends up walking in later on in the scene and Carla's like, ah, Sarah, I can't believe you get you gave him his job back again. Um, but then she gets a very frantic sounding call from Ken because the main drama on Monday's episode is Peter's disappeared. Where's he gone off to? Um, I didn't necessarily feel the tension in this, did you? Did he not walk off with a bottle of Yeah, he, we, we find out later um, that he's... Well, Carla thinks that he's taken a bottle of whiskey, but it turns out to be Simon, Simon, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I just, I, I'm getting a little bit fed up of characters going missing and then usually ending up at the precinct or Victoria Gardens. I, I didn't really feel during this that there was anything to worry about, but Carla's, like Carla's concerned because what if he falls off the wagon again? Ken feels to me like he just wants to be involved in drama. Do you reckon? Because he's stirring it up. This is now the second time he's gone up to someone and go, oh, I'm so worried about Peter. He's going to be, he's going to start drinking again. It's just, but what, what, I'm just really, can you pay, can I be in the scene? Can you pay attention to me for five minutes? Because he did the same with Audrey. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. normally run around telling everybody that Peter's going to drink alcohol imminently. I mean, it's not every day he runs a man over either. <laughs> but did you not, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It just feels like he's going, drama, me please, Ken's involved. Well, speaking about drama, there's a new and potential investor that comes around the factory later, this woman called Katie, and she's, Carla obviously really needs her help at the factory because they have got no money coming in. But um, the, the subject of Stephen comes up, which is a little bit awkward for Sarah. But luckily, Carla's able to save the day. She's like, comes in full of pizzazz well. and is like, hey, you, yeah, you want to be working for us? And Katie ends up agreeing to fund, uh, to, to buy knickers. Well, but the factory, the order needs doing in two days. This is just, this was just a template of a million other underworld stories, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there's only, there's only so often you can get excited about the factory being days away from complete collapse. Well, and I, then the, the workers have to work really hard. I and the think, thing, oh, go on. go on, I was going to say, the thing that makes me laugh about Sarah is that she's apparently a business genius until we see her doing something and then she every time falls flat on her face because she's floundering in this meeting and Carla breezes in mm. and then gets... Michael involved, and yeah. Then she they says, bring him back on board. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's all hands on deck. But they need to get this this order out in two days. Um, later on, Carla and Ken go back to the flat, and this is where they find out that the whiskey is missing from her just bottle of duty free, mm. which probably wasn't a, the best her idea to be to, to a bag. Probably not the best idea to be leaving that kind of thing around when you're married to an alcoholic. But what can you do? Um, they end up. Um, he ends up just turning up at the flat, just absolutely fine and very sober. I think, has he been to another meeting? Um, and he, he kind of admits to Carla that he's been going to quite a few. Um, and she asks him about the missing whiskey, and he's got no idea what she's talking about. Um, maybe Simon would know? And it did turn out to be Simon, but not because he's following in his father's footsteps and becoming a massive alky, but because his mate Kyle came over. Remember Kyle? No. No, we don't. I don't know whether we've ever met Carl before, but it was his birthday. He's got a Simon really posh thought, bottle well, of whiskey yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. He's he's giving Carl an emergency whiskey present. Um and oh and then and yeah, and um 
Simon Pete, Pete drops. Is, yeah, Peter's a bit sarky towards Simon, isn't he? And this is when Simon takes the opportunity to drop Peter in it over his meetings with Toya, which really works into Carla's paranoia about the two of them together. And Peter says, like, no, it's all, it's all innocent, honestly. Peter just understands me. We're just friends. We just, you know, we really get each other. And um, she, she gave me some really good coping strategies. Oh, yeah, really, says Carla. Does that involve jumping into bed with her? She's clearly not at all happy with this little arrangement that Peter and Carla have got going. Um, and, and then Peter kind of tries to change the subject a little bit by talking about what he found out about Stephen admitting that he wasn't going to kill Jenny at the end of Super Soap Week. And he gets started getting a bit teary and full of guilt about killing this guy. And Carla is distracted from her hatred of Toya and starts kind of giving Peter a reassuring shoulder rub she and saying, have, she look, jumped in a bath. look, everything's going to be okay. It's completely understandable what you did. And Peter's like, no, we're both killers. I'm as bad as Steve. Well, no, not me and you, Carla. Me and Stephen are yeah. bad as each other. Um, and then, um, then Carla has to go back to the factory. No, Carla gets a text message and he's like, oh, you're not even paying attention to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he goes and then Peter turns up later with Toya. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. And she's like, I'm cool. Cool. Toya's just cool being girl. nice, isn't she? Um, I'm your shoulder. End of the day. <laughs> end of the day. Carla and Sarah are back at the factory again. There was an awful lot of to and fro into the factory in this story on Monday. And Carla admits to Sarah that she's feeling a little bit guilty about suspecting Peter of taking the whiskey. And actually, she doesn't seem so sure that she and Peter will ever get over this little bump in their marriage. What happened? That seems to, well, nothing. I think it's just the fact that Carla... They just had an argument they, once. Yeah, but They're Carla like... seems to have decided at the end of this episode that she doesn't know whether she wants to get over it with Peter. And but they ha- She seems to have given up on him. Literally, they had a, cu- a couple of arguments about something. And she's like, oh, I've got to throw in the towel here. It's too tough. Yeah, absolutely. He's not it back on the bottle. It didn't work for me. That it's not. He's not. He's not doing anything wrong. She's. Is she really saying that she can't get him through this? She got him through so much other stuff. He's had twenty-three years worth of drama as Peter Barlow. Surely this is just another little blip. I don't know. Anyway, Wednesday, um, Simon apologises to Carla and Peter while they're having breakfast for suggesting that there was something between Peter and Toy, <laughs> which was kind of refreshing that Simon didn't just try and double down on this and engineer some kind of massive fallout well, and suspicion from Carla. I wonder how much how how much loyalty has Simon got to Toya because he's been hanging around her quite a lot more but Yeah, recently. they were living together yeah. for a while, weren't they? So why is he trying All to drop her in it? He's, he's not really. I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Um, Carla just says, look, let's just move on. Then she gets a message from Sarah summoning to her summoning her to work for an all-important pre-work meeting. And Sarah's news for Carla is, sorry, you know that money that my uncle stole from you and then squirreled away and they've been trying to get it back? Well, it's all gone. They can't find it. He's put it in a bogus account and it's disappeared without a trace. Oh, what drama. Do you think they're going to get this money back or is that just telling us, don't worry about it? This is just saying, that, look, we know that you all know, you all are telling us that there's an easy solution to this, but there isn't, for soap reasons. Yeah, so um, it's a bit of a panic. Workers still well, are, haven't been paid for a quid. month. It's, yeah, it's not, it's not small what change, is it? What the hell are they going to do? Carl's like, don't worry about it. <coughs> well, it seems all they need to do is fulfil this order that this Katie woman is is uh, put in and then they'll be hunky-dory. 
but I don't know. So um, later on, Sarah finds out that Beth's at the doctor's with women's problems, which Carla um, isn't too happy to hear about. I hated she? this. Go on, why did you hate Well, because this? it's sexist. Because, because Carla's one of these women who, and I think, I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure it was a man who wrote this and I can't remember who it was and I'm not going to call anyone out, but Carla... Carla like going, oh, she's always pretending that she's got women's problems and she doesn't. And then the insinuation that Beth's lying about it. Well, I Carla says women's problems is what we say to get one over on men. You can't use it on another woman, Beth. Well, that's just, that. yeah, that's the line that annoyed me the most because women genuinely do have problems, Carla. And women who don't believe them, who've never had a problem in their life, I think they should be booed into a hole. <laughs> so, um, it's just because Carla's a shriveled up old husk now, isn't no, it? No, She doesn't have that. women's problems. I know that some women genuinely just don't have pains or, or problems, but unfortunately there are women who get the extra off you that you didn't, never had. Well, Beth genuinely is just playing sort of skybin at this point. This isn't is she? what makes because it Because she's worse. getting fed up of not being paid for it just for the thing things. is it just kind of it feeds into this sexist trope that women's health is unimportant and all in your head or made up i just hated it i just really hated it <laughs> carla's decided that i don't um, find it funny michael what i don't find it funny at all i'm not saying i do I know, either. you just I just said that you went ha ha women's trouble problems honestly Gemma. there's a serious problem michael that women's health is not even invested oh, i know properly. i know i know you told me you told, told me. you many times yes i believe you carla um tells sarah look this new deal that we've got on we're going to get paid on delivery so tomorrow the factory workers are all going to be paid and it's all going to be fine we just need to get them to get this order out um and and then it'll all be done um, however, Izzy is feeling particularly revolutionary, isn't she, out there on the factory oh, floor? Oh, she invented a new colour for sports bras. <laughs> no, she's saying, like, right, we, we, we're getting out on the street, we're striking. Is this at the moment where she strikes? I can't remember. That... Well, no, she's just saying, look, we're working for free. Sean agrees with her. I, I don't blame Beth. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's later on, isn't it? Later on. And then Carla lies and says, I've just spoken to the bank. And Stephen's money's going to be put back in the account later. And Sarah's like, oh my God. Yeah, but it's when Beth texts um, Izzy, I think it was, later on, to say, I've just heard from David that Stephen's money has disappeared into the ether. Carla's lying, down tools everybody. Um, this is when Izzy calls for a strike and they all go marching out onto the street. There was also that scene in between there where... Um, Carla laughs in Toya's face. Do you remember that one? No. Toya's there in the cafe saying, look, honestly, Carla, I've got no designs on Peter. He oh, just yeah, needed yeah, yeah, to yeah. talk to a friend. There's nothing going on between us. And Carla is just so rude and laughs at Toya for suggesting that she would be worried that Peter would be yes. interested in her. I do remember that scene because I put on Twitter that she's literally begging for Toya to steal her man. With well, her. she is now. Yeah. But do you think she? Do you think that's where it is going? Is that Toya being it given the, the fuel to say, "Well, think? I'm going to go after Peter then"? But I don't know whether Peter no, no, no. Toya is as petty as no, no, that. No, no, I don't think Toya is going to be motivated. I think this is just um, one of those. It's just one of those. Oh, you know what I mean? It, oh, what a sunny day it is today—the perfect day to put more out, and then five minutes later it rains. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's one of those things where. 
mm. we're supposed to. I, I really don't need there to be an affair between Toya and Peter, so I hope it all does come to nothing, honestly. So, back at this factory lot, striking. Nizzy's got a picket line out there. And it, in some ways, it did really um, give me nice nostalgic feelings of Vera and Ida and Ivy and everyone going out on strike but at the same time I was looking at the fairly meagre picket line which was what Kirk uh, who was in it Kirk Izzy Sally kind of and um it was there was there was one more do you remember but it was like four main characters that are out on strike and it just it, it made me think I wish that there was more to the factory lot some of there's just nothing to them that they don't they don't have that great bond like the factory girls of the past did it didn't feel like they were all united together it just felt like a hodgepodge of of, of characters that were what you know what i mean yes um and then there were a couple of non-speaking extras standing at the side the, the factory lot just aren't as brilliantly united as they used to be and i this this particular story this week was just another um, reminder to me of that and, and made me think that I wish the factory would close for good. It's not got the the weight and excitement and interest that it used to. It feels like really, really old hat now. Um, it's felt old hat for a long time. Yeah, so although I like a strike, it did, it did really highlight the fact that there isn't that united front anymore with the girls. It's just a, a hodgepodge of yeah, characters it's, it's that they haven't like got anything a, else to do with. It's not a team of people that are all friends or rivals or... No, or, they, you know, they don't go out for a drink in the pub together they do every lunchtime. But... Occasionally they do, but the thing when they had the, the classic band at the factory like we're seeing again in, in the ITV3 episodes in 2003 you got you got Janice you got Angela you got I can't remember who else um, but they, they all just seem to be a great team together and they want to go out for a drink together and they share their gossip and everything and that's not what we're getting with this lot it's it's a shame but I don't know I don't know whether there's anything they can do to fix that particular problem that I have anyway um, Daniel sees this strike going on and he goes and summons Peter who offers to try and make the strikers see reason he, he, he gets he sits down on the step and he is acting all cool and he says look guys I think you just need to listen to Carla she's having a bit of a tough time at the moment he's trying to make them see reason and surprise surprise they have got no intention of listening to anything that Peter's got to say and they kind of blame him for being part of the problem as well and he says look me and Carlo were fooled by Stephen just as much as you were we're all been we've all been taken for a ride by this guy and actually women and Sean you need to reflect on your own behavior when Carlo was having mental health problems earlier in this year when you were given her this no vote of confidence and that was absolutely despicable actually and he storms off though they don't look particularly guilty about it uh, but he, he does save the day in the end, and he because he goes to the factory and uh, not the factory, sorry, the cafe where he's talking and about the problem that's going on there, and Nina's there, and Evelyn's there, and Roy's there, and they all end up coming back to the factory together and uh, banding together to help get this order through. And I I love this. I, I I said earlier that I liked having characters in unusual places and seeing Evelyn like sit down at, at the the sewing machine and roll her sleeves up and says, right, let's get these knickers stitched. I thought that was brilliant. Roy there in charge of the catering. Um, Nina, we know that she's a great seamstress as well. I love this. I, I didn't. Didn't you? I thought this undermined, undermined working class unions. 
<laughs> Why? Because they were know, doing a bunch of scabs. I know it's scabs. a bit of a stick in the mud thing to say, but really, honestly, yeah, they were a bunch of scabs. I don't, I, I don't think that Evelyn would have been a scab. The problem was the the characters that they got in to replace the striking characters were so much stronger. Like, did anyone is anybody really you know, s- siding with Izzy and Kirk and Sean? Yeah. No, they're they're not the strongest of characters, are they? If they if they well, Sean, if we I felt would say. sure Sean, yeah, I, I like I, Sean. I'm gonna say he's not popular. No, but I, having the cavalry come in be made up of the likes of Evelyn beloved and Roy, but yeah. really really beloved characters, I think you're gonna say, oh yeah, good for them, and and well, I was at least anyway. And even doesn't Sally come back because she's a little bit on the fence about whether to strike anyway? What is he then Izzy, Izzy turns up, doesn't she? After what was the reason? Who was, did she go to try and get a job at an agency and then they didn't have anything for her? I can't remember. So she's like, oh, sorry, and comes back with a tail between her legs. Um, it did really, it, yeah, honestly, <laughs> it felt a bit like... Uh, it was a bit of something or nothing, really. No, no, I'm just, it just really, just, okay, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, so Peter, towards the end of the episode, is saying, look, Carla... I am fed up of this. There's so much drama going on that it's being a soap character is pretty chaotic, to be honest. When did we last have a rest? We've had quite a lot of stories this year. Maybe we should go and work abroad for a bit. By the way, I just happen to have a mate called Mickey in Mallorca and he's got a boat and we could be going sail off into the sunset and, and work for him on the boat. And Carla's There not is no keen way there's enough room on a boat for Carla's wardrobe. <laughs> Do you reckon? No. She's not keen on this, says look, you can't run away from your problems and Peter for the end of the episode for throughout the rest of the episode is trying to convince her that this is actually the brilliant thing to do. Um but by the way, Carla, the ship sets sails next week, so you need to get your skates on and decide soon. What would you do? It's difficult to compare what you would do in real life, because in Coronation Street, it's absolutely normal to one <laughs> week be living a perfectly uh, yeah, normal life, and the next minute you're off living abroad. But in the real world... In the who, real world. Who would decide to just up sticks and go and live on a boat on the other half of the continent, just out of nowhere? Well, she says you can't run away from your problems, but I don't really think that's what that would be. She, These two have, in a way, run away from their problems before. Like Carla's, she was running away from her problems in a way when she went to Spain, but even when she went to LA, going back a few years, yeah, she, she has, both of them have not been in Weatherfield permanently since they were introduced. So they know what it's like to go and live abroad somewhere. But I, I love think the saying next week, that really is pushing no, it. Yeah, that's silly. But, you know, if one day you said to me... Gemma, let's just blow this popsicle stand. Let's go and live abroad for a year or do this or that. I'll be like, yes, let's go, let's go. Mm. I'd love it. Nothing really happens of note. But you would never note. say that, would you? No. Nothing of note. You have partic- a mortgage and a cat. Yes, exactly. What would we do with the cat? Cats don't like water. Friday's episode was just Peter having a bit of a sneaky look at uh, holiday things online. Well, no, sailing. Say, yeah, sailing and... Uh, and Carla going back to the factory Carla to find out that things fixed. is everything turned out all right in the end, actually. And uh, Sarah says something to her about um, when she went to Milan and how she was in a bit of a bad spot and the, some of the things she did to get to Milan weren't didn't exactly show her in the right light, but maybe she should have stayed here. And um, I think it kind of gave Carla pause for thought a little bit and made her realise that she and Peter need to be a team together and... Uh, she 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 takes him to an AA meeting and and that's or a meeting sorry and and that's kind of where it ends. It was a bit of a 
we need to pay lip service to this story without really developing it today, wasn't it? It was a bit weird that... So, so Carla got from Sarah the idea that she needs to be more of a team with Peter. But Sarah was talking about running away to Milan as though... I can't she... remember what the segue was, but I think it was like my I mean? family needed me or... Well, the thing is, it would have been more pertinent to have brought up the fact that she split up with Jason. Yeah. Because he didn't want to go with her. Well, J- Jason didn't want to go with Sarah when she went to Milan because he'd realised... That she's that, a nut job. Well, yeah, she realised that she planted drugs in David's yeah. drawer at the salon. But you and... think... You, you would have thought that that would have been the thing that would have spurred Carla to go, gosh, I don't want him to go off without me. Mm. Mm. I need to build this relationship before it buckles. Yeah. So how did you find this story this week? You, really? Oh, actually, what? No, go on. No, what? I, I remember you said you weren't a fan at some point. Did you Did you go to like... inspiring. Why? It's a relationship story and... So, so is the, the Paul and Billy one. Yeah. Interesting. I think it was just that I, I, I did enjoy this because I think that Chris Gascoigne is superb and I think he consistently puts in a a star performance. I so I enjoyed like that and this more than I did. Can I say it like that? I, I want to really be invested in this. I was certainly a lot more invested in this than I am, say, than I was the Daisy and Ryan story this week, which went from last week being really kind of cool and sexy and exciting to this week being a bit blur again. I, I enjoyed the fact that they went on strike. I thought that Toya's involvement was interesting, but still too few scenes of Toya here for my liking. Do you, um, do you see what I mean? What I, was, what I was trying to say that the whole point of the scene where Carla laughs in Toya's face is foreshadowing. Yeah. That's what I was trying to say. You're right, okay. Yeah. It's not like it was supposed to make Toya think anything. I just felt like it was like, you're going to look back on this. Mm. and realised that it, this was it where... Just felt, it felt a little bit out of character for Carla. I know that she she doesn't always um, no, care what, what other like. people think about her and she will tell it to their face or laugh in their no, face. No, I don't think that was out of character. I, it's not, I don't think it's rare. I don't think it's common that she would be so rude to someone who's... Done nothing. Done, really. Yeah, not really deserved it and is maybe a friend. I don't well, know. Well, it's a dangerous thing on, on Corrie, though. This is any, any, Everyone's like this, mm. but she's kind of a member of your extended family, in a way, because of the relationship between Simon, Leanne, yeah, Pete, exactly. Peter, Carlo, and then, therefore, Toya on the end of it. Mm. Mm. Um, the, the stuff with Stephen's money... Weird. Is, is that over? Is that gone? It's, I think it's Corrie just going, forget, forget the money, we... We've, re- we've written it so they can't get it back. Is the factory going to be Don't okay now that they found this one? How can it possibly be? Mm. This is the thing. How can it... Th- that was all their money. How can it possibly be but okay? But when you ramp up the drama and save £250,000 for for Super Soap Week, um, you know, massive... Whatever it was that Stephen took away from them, you are left with the problem of well, how are we going to solve this? And it feels like if the money really has disappeared and gone for good, it is fairly. Insolvable. I don't know how businesses work. Did, did every, does every year like Carla go? All the extras left over is profits for me. I'm going to put it in my own account. No idea. I mean, the one percenters and stuff. Do they get 
a cut of the profits. I don't know. I, I really, that's the. Do you know what I, I mean? Really this is I hate getting to the weeds of this kind of stuff. But Coronation Street invites you to sometimes by by putting the stuff in. No, I. Although... If it, if it had literally been. Like a, ca- a suitcase of money that got chucked in the canal or something. We could have all have gone, oh yeah, that's gone forever. But because it's all electronic and transfery, what's me call it? You start questioning everything. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that if you're not interested in family shares and who owns what and will they make the order in time that this didn't have that much to offer or might not have had much to offer. But I think the combination of... Uh, Chris and Ali being fantastic, Toya, the community aspect of everybody banding together to help out at the factory and and the community, uh, well, the, the, the factory camaraderie of strike, I, I enjoyed all of that. Okay, so. well, the the elephant in the room here is that there, it's, it's entirely possible that the vast majority of the people listening to this know where this is going. And I know where this is going, so I'm just I'm like whatever. I know where this is going. Okay, okay. Fine. That's why well, we that's why I'm completely that, disengaged with the process of how it gets from here to there. I'm the, afraid the end point has somewhat been um, heavily hinted at, if not spoiled, in the press in recent weeks. But we can't. This talk is why about I don't that. like spoilers because I'm like what whatever. Mm. Well, Gemma, you get the <laughs> delivery, Dil- D- Dylan delivering storyline. Well, Deli- I quite enjoyed this this week. Dylan liver, Dylan delivery for a for a standard teenage bullying story which has been done time and time again on Corrie I'm finding myself fairly engaged with this I think that um, Liam McShane and Luca Toolan are, as, the, as the leads in this are doing a great job oh. Luca is just fun to watch as Mason yeah he's because right he's great isn't he he really really is he's despicable just playing he is a, him really well yeah he is absolutely a, a love to hate kind of character yeah. and he's he is pro- he is a, a proper camping it up in, this, in a similar way to I... how Callum was and it's just fun you, you can tell he's doing a great job because the amount of, in, you know, social media comments of like, I hate Mason, I hate Mason. I think he's great. I, yeah, he's, I, I don't, I, I find it difficult to know, is he actually scary? Would I be scared of him if he was a teen? If, if, if at the same time as me, if well, he was bullying me? I, I don't know, I don't know. It's all very easy to... He's, he's very watchable. Which is important because sometimes you get these oh he's not bland these young all, yeah. characters who are just well whatever yeah but he's he's just, he's got something about him that makes me want to see more scenes of him so he's that's, no Joel he is no Joel the bland solicitor that's very very true right so on Monday Dylan leaves the school and he gets a text from Mason go where the party at oh yeah because he was supposed to have his party at George's last week wasn't he but yeah George is supposed to find a re a new place for it yeah so um. George then makes a comment. Look at how empty that pub is. Oh, yeah, I can't remember what brings... It, it was a little bit shoehorned yeah. in, wasn't it? Like, that Which would be the perfect place for a teen party. It didn't need to be, because a few weeks ago, on Super Soap Week, Dylan and Shaw, uh, and um, Mason were indeed in the Rovers, weren't they? So there. I don't know why they why they didn't to come up with the idea of, of this themselves. Well, to remind <laughs> us, probably. Right, so later on, the pub is crawling with naughty teens. Well. All four of them. <laughs> and uh, Nobody else turns up. The fact that Mason had been saying to, to Dylan, Oh, we got to find a new place quick. Everybody's so excited for this party. To come to this party. And literally, right, Mason. nobody else turned up. Well, it was it was Liam. It was Mason. We had conch, yeah, which just makes me think of a, a shallot, like empty Isn't inside. Isn't it a conch? 
I don't know, but I would just imagine if you'd put your put your ear to his, then you'd just hear the sea inside, and then you <laughs> add then you add Layla, who I found fascinating, and I think possibly she's a one character, one episode character. She because we we see her in the pub, she's fairly nervous, isn't she? She she come across to me as someone who is completely in over their head here. She wasn't the typical chavvy, leery, boozy girl she was somebody who was nervous about speaking to her mum on the phone about where she is little bit well with with the whole let's take Dylan to bed later she felt to me like she was going along with it because of peer pressure and she didn't really know what she was doing and they didn't end up doing anything I I really want to know more about Layla I think the actress that played her did um, a brilliant job in um creating a character who was only there for a few scenes that I was felt like I wanted to invest more in. I, I'm I'm guessing from your silence that you didn't have the same reaction. I'm going to read in the plot. So um he gets Layla gets a call from hemp. No, that's her mum. Oh from her mum, of yes, course. Yes, I have written hemp here. And says, like you said, well, you've just kind of like said half of this, so I can't well, I remember just, what you said when oh, you have it. Yeah, well, you I can tell. Yeah, was it? Yeah, she's she's a, um, on the phone to her mum saying, I, I, "I'm at school, honestly." Um, and Mason, I'm here with Joseph. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's the giveaway, school. isn't it? Um, Mason starts ribbing Dylan and saying, "Oh, that Layla, she wants to, she wants to shaggy, shaggy, Michael. yeah, she wants to take you to bed. I think that you should take her upstairs and show her around, if you know what I mean." So there's a bit of peer pressure going on here from Mason to Dylan, and um, obviously this is making Dylan feel somewhat uncomfortable. So. Um, he he um, ends up in the back room with Leela, doesn't he? Layla, it's Layla, yeah? And um, she asks if he wants to go upstairs and is like, have you been upstairs before? But she isn't doing it in a sort of ha-ha-ha-ha way. She's... Hesitant. She, yeah, she is, she is. She's like, she's nervous, he's nervous. And she leads him... Um, well, she goes to lead him out the door, but then when she gets there, um, Conch and Mason are just listening in, laughing and making it all, thinking it's all hilarious. But yeah, they, they end up going upstairs. I'll pass, I'm going to pass back to you now. I'm not doing this whole story. This is where Sean and George come in. Well, they hear well, that on there's the bench, something going and on. And they can hear they? something in the pub. So they go inside and they find these two naughty ones at the bar having a laugh and then Dylan and Leela come downstairs and they don't look very happy and it didn't doesn't look like much went to plan. I'm going to say they saw a ghost. Do you reckon? That that place is ghost haunted as Walker. hell. <laughs> How many people died in that in that pub? I think that there's maybe there's just something How going people, on in the uh, How many people are, not many. Well, what's a um Ray Langton's died in that pub. Ray Langton, maybe he haunted it. Um uh, glasses, McGonagall. What's her name? What? Mini Drive. Mini. Mini Caldwell. Mini Caldwell. Mini Caldwell. Tony the Fire Lady. Yeah. Uh, Edna. Edna. What's her face? You know G. the. Uh, no, not Edna G. Um, oh, what the morose Edna. The, the what's her first her name? The one who remember. had a twin yeah, sister. Yeah, yeah. So that's was that five? Yeah. That's lots more people than died in 
Lots of buildings. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. I think they saw a ghost. I'm sticking with that. <laughs> no, I just think that there's a wave of some kind of anti-pheromone going around the street that's interfering with Paul and Billy's love life. Right. Stopping Dylan and Layla getting up to anything. It's like the opposite of Cabin in the Woods. If if um, Sally and Tim haven't been able to get together tonight, uh, this week, then you know that I'm right. Let's, let's revisit this next week. Okay. So I think I'm onto something, yeah. Dylan and Sean see each other and Dylan runs off. And then later, Dylan and Mason are talking in the precinct about what happened and doing it with Layla. This was the really badly tinted nighttime scene that was clearly filmed in the middle of the day. I hate it. Why do you have to do this, Coronation Because thing? Mason and Dylan have got to go home before dark. <laughs> Mason warns him he doesn't want to end up like his dad. Gay. Right, I get it. I was like, who's dad? Is, is Mason's, <laughs> Mason's dad... Mason's basically saying to Dylan, oh, you didn't get... Shag your... a bird or yeah, you're gay. Yeah, or you're gay like your dad. Mm-hmm. Dylan gets home later and gets a massive telling off from Sean. And he's like, you could think seriously about your future and Mason's bad news. And Dylan's like, oh. I love it when Sean gets the opportunity to have a go at Dylan. I feel so bad for him because he missed out on a lot of Dylan's childhood with him living down um, with, with uh, Jamie and Violet. And um, now he's saying, well, I said to Violet that I would take you off of her to relieve the... I can't remember why. It, he was getting bullied at school there, wasn't he? So now about he's him. Kind, of, <laughs> kind of a single father, except he does have Eileen and George and, and that lot to help him. But I, I feel but yeah, I feel bad for Sean that he's maybe feeling a failure as a father. And, and I think Anthony Cotton, yet again, did a really, really good job of giving him a talent off because usually he's just used for making these Jonathan Harvey-esque comments and swishing himself round at the bar and flapping the towel over his shoulder. But when he needs to do these kind of scenes, I think he's very believable. I think it's a shame that we've not got to see any fun Sean dad stuff. What? You know, we've got, family bonding. We've seen Dylan get told off by Sean loads now, but we've not seen any of what is there was their relationship. You know, no, because they do? Dylan's they... been on the show for what two or three years the now. Since I ever remember a not... positive interaction between Dylan and Sean was like when Sean had that boring dentist boyfriend who mm. nearly was an exciting murderer, but he wasn't at all. Yeah, and then Dylan was like, "Hey, Dad, go off and shag your boyfriend. I'm cool with it." Mm. And that was like. That, I, I hope... And that was weird because though Dylan was the, in the more mature kind of um, position there mm. and Sean was like the one sloping off with a boyfriend. <laughs> I'd like to think that they can do more to develop this relationship. But the problem is Sean gets so little Sean t- <laughs> screen <laughs> time. Sean time. T- so little screen time. They don't like to use him for that sort of thing. Um, well, okay. I, I hope that we get to see more of them in the future. On Wednesday, Mason's like, give me money, Dylan. I lost my bet with Conch that you were going to shag Layla in the haunted bedroom where you can still hear it. If you're very quiet, you can still hear a woman being sick. <laughs> I want paying back. And Dylan's like, no. And then Mason's like, yes. Yeah, Dylan, Mason's making out that he's lost a bet because of Dylan's frigidity, yeah, fault, basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then, because uh, Dylan is doing his paper round, Mason grabs all of the papers and puts them in a puddle. Ah, oh, the fiend. And then, back at home, Sean's telling Dylan off. And Dylan's saying, I've got... I'm fed up. I don't want to go back to school. 
I'm ill. And Sean says, you better not be lying to me. Yeah, because he's getting he's... he's getting bullied by Mason and he doesn't know what to do. And I, I think he doesn't want to tell Sean that Mason's accusing him of maybe being gay and he doesn't want to upset Sean. I think he's he's a fairly level-headed, sensible teenager, isn't he? But also, he? when you're a teenager, you don't think your parents can solve... You either think your parents can solve every single tiny problem you've got or you're like, you can't help me with any of this. Mm. And Dylan's in the second category. Like, you can't... There's nothing anyone can do. Yeah. After this, Brian comes knocking at the door. He's fuming. The papers have been soaked and delivered anyway. And Dylan says they got rained on. And Brian's like, you're fired! Like he thinks he's Alan Sugar. Sean steps off the picket line to try to get Brian to change his mind about firing his kid, but he won't. Later on, Dylan apologises to Sean and said he needs the money for a school trip. And Sean says that I haven't even, I've not got any money. We're just going to have to tighten our belts and eat cheese sandwiches. And Mason finds Dylan on the swings later and he's like, give me my money. The end. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then the, the, the storyline just abruptly stops to give way for Paul on Friday. So did I they mean, not have a banging party in the end? No, no, they didn't, because Sean and jo- George came and crashed it, didn't they? Yeah, but they so were doing those... a recce for the party. They could have come back later at night. But everyone's got to be really quiet. I think there would have been a bit of a giveaway, really. Well, I don't see how they thought they could get away with having a massive party. Ken Barley's very vigilant. I think that all the teens of Weatherfield need to... Um, need to get get turn against Mason and, and now and, and Dylan and give him a good beating up because the party of the decade didn't happen. It's such a shame they don't have the community centre or the mission hall for a good old I teenage know. bop. I know. I feel I feel so bad for Sean that he hasn't got his money. He's just Sean. To, yeah, Sean. Sean, he's he's not got his job. Did he end up going to um I can't remember whether he said whether he went to the job centre and got anything in the end. Um, but I yeah, he's, look, he's really. I've, I really feel for him that he's he hasn't got two pennies to rub together at the moment. He's, but, his pub okay. job's gone, his factory job's gone. He's got this kid to bring up that he told Violet, "I will look after him," and now Violet he can't. Should send him some money. I wonder. I think that it, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a like a phone conversation between Sean and Violet, and maybe we're not going to get Jenny to come back to play Violet for a, on just on the phone. But it feels like she should be acknowledged that she exists. It's like she's been forgotten about now. Um, I I could, I can sympathise, but I would like to see more of it than just Sean saying, we've basically just had like two or three scenes of Sean saying, Dylan, we are poor. I don't think we need more than that because char- char- Corrie characters being poor is such an overused trope. I yeah, don't necessarily feel... need to We're... see the misery okay, that that puts it doesn't them feel, in. It doesn't work. It doesn't feel realistic these days because everyone owns a business or they've made themselves poor through really weird personal choices that they've made. Like, oh, I know that I'm supposed to be the archdeacon and live in a fancy house, but I've chosen to... To get a heat pump <laughs> put in. Now yeah. I've got to live in this flat. And oh, I know that we could have been the face of Freshgoes mm. and earned thousands of pounds, but we decided not to sell our morals. Yeah, yeah. Like, and this, you know, this is a this is a actual case where Sean is broke through no choice of his own. But all we're getting is a scene where Dylan doesn't want to eat a cheese sandwich and a scene where he can't go on a school trip. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's working for me. What what I also kind of was interested in with this one this week is I didn't expect it to turn into a kind of a teenage sex story because the last we saw of this, 
I think it was about vaping, wasn't it? And Liam seems to have disappeared as a puff of vape smoke himself. He doesn't seem to be in this at all now. It's just about the, um, sorry, about Dylan and Mason. Um, But yeah, it's all about uh, Dylan going to bed and trying to prove his manliness to this bully. Um, I'm wondering whether it is going to turn out that that he's actually gay but and he could it, it might be quite an interesting story for me if it, he goes down the route saying trying to fight it and trying to say no no I'm not gay to prove to Mason but then if he is then he could come out and say well yeah I am gay like my dad I am being the person that you're making fun of me for being and actually I don't care and that's who I am and I'm proud of it and I think that could be quite a positive end to the story if he turns out that he's gay and he accepts it and he says, well, you can't get me now, Mason, because I am what you say I am. So I also what? think there would be a probably real cheesy scene where all the teens stand behind Dylan and say, we like it that he's gay. Yeah, yeah Mason, I, think, I think that could work nicely. It's not cool to be homophobic anymore. I think that could be, I think that could be interesting. I, 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 I was, I was pretty intrigued by this story. I wasn't expecting to be. This is one of the stories that when I saw was happening, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's peaking my interest. Are you, do you, do you like this one or is it just passing you by like the, the factory one? I want there to be more ghosts. No, Gemma, serious question. Are yes. You, are, you, do you, are you are you enjoying this story? Um, is it all right? Peter? It's okay. Yep. It's it's no Pete. It's no Peter Ash doing acting his socks off with as as an it's MND no Peter sufferer. Ash in the bath. No, but I think it's fine. I think I think it's good. All oh, right, I'm you said it. it. Okay, fine. Ryan and cheating. Come on. Ryan and cheating. So this this one again just fell flat for me this week. It's just coming in waves. There there can be weeks of this story that are fantastic. That you find sexy. Yes, and and exciting and um. And mysterious and and risque and all of that, and then there's just weeks like this that I I th- that didn't bother me. Um, they they talking about Denise's house being up for sale, right? Daniel and uh, Daisy are towards the beginning of the week. Um, <laughs> there there were some nice scenes with Jenny. I can't. Even, I, I'm looking at the notes here, and I'm thinking I don't I don't remember much of this. This was so not the highlight of the well, week for well, me. Jenny's. Jenny's making sure that Daisy's getting herself into a situation that she wants to be in because she is moving in with Daniel even though she's told yeah Jenny, Jenny knows that... that she loves Ryan yeah yeah that that would that actually no I've, I, that reminded me there was that nice bit at the end of the scene where they're both Jenny and Daisy tell each other they love I each know, other I know I like that a lot that, I, I, I did enjoy that that's true um, we find out that Daisy has resigned from the bistro. Um, and she also tells Ryan about the Red Bank flat that she might be moving into, and he doesn't really know what to say about this, but he wishes her luck. Um, and well, then... she's basically drawing a line under it, isn't she? Yeah. She's like, I'm not working here anymore, and I'm not, I'm moving somewhere fancy, and he's, we're buying it. Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the story is about the return of Crystal, which I wasn't expecting. No or... one saw this coming. No, and I, it didn't feel like it was needed. Um, basically... Ryan, I'm sorry, Crystal just seems much less of a personality than she was the first time she was in it. Well, the last time that she was in it, she... I know she was a I cow. Re- remember that? Yeah, she was a cow and she marches into the Rovers when she feels like she's been set up, didn't she? Yeah. It was, um, but she's, like, really mousy and timid now. She just seemed like 
kind of a nice girl now and yeah, for whatever reason she's seen Ryan's video online and now she realises that he is actually a sweetheart even though she didn't seem to have any interest in him back in the think summer something terrible happened to her in Ibiza well she was in a coma for a bit wasn't she uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe that's what's she, changed her mind. Maybe it's given her a new outlook on life. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, Ryan ends up spending the night with Crystal. So what, was quite why a f- was she in a? What happened? Um, well, it was when Daisy was pretending to be Crystal, oh, yeah. and then it turned out that Crystal couldn't possibly have been texting Ryan because she's in a coma. I can't even remember what it was that gave her, but put her in that state. But I don't think it particularly matters. But um, she's. I totally forgot about. I that. enjoyed the scene on Wednesday when Carla was bad mouthing Day. Um, crystal without realizing that she was actually standing listening in and carla didn't apologize did she she was was just like well yeah crystal you are a slag bye i'm off to work (laughs) yeah she didn't go oh she's behind me sorry crystal no and she's like yeah you might as well hear it no so she's not a fan of crystal peter tells ryan that he's she's she seems quite good actually so get in there my son um and then we have well, Daisy's got her nose put out of joint when she sees Crystal and Ryan together in the cafe. Yeah, yeah. She, well, she's worried that she's going to uh, that Ryan's going to tell Crystal that uh, Daisy was impersonating her earlier this year. Well, she's and also Dan- jealous. Daniel says no. There's no reason that they're going to dredge that up. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's totally jealous because she she, tells, she wants to be with Ryan. She and, tells Daniel that she's worried about the catfishing because she wants to deflect away from the fact that she's just jealous mm. but she's probably also rightly worried that this might come up in yeah. conversation it's so funny how this can swing from being interesting to dull did what well, did you i don't know well, maybe no, I'm putting, did you enjoy this at all this it, week it was okay it was it was kind of treading water a bit and i'm just really surprised that that crystal is su- such a mouse mm. now yeah um, right. I would, you know, it would have been good if she'd come back and been bombastic and in in Daisy's face and said, I think something's going on between you two and I don't know what it is. Or Yeah, it know, wasn't like a big splash. Guess who's back? You didn't see this coming. It was like, I oh, was okay. like, is that, I can't even, is that even the same actress? Yeah, I can't I can remember what she looked like, to be honest. But, but... Because she acted so completely differently. Mm. Maybe there's more to come with this next week. I don't oh, know. Um, we had a couple of scenes of Stu, didn't we? Um, because it turns out <laughs> through a meeting with the, with his PI that Dom did spend some time in German prison a couple of years back. Not German prison. Yeah. And uh, Dom says, you <laughs> need to pursue this. This is good. This is good. You need to find out more details. See, Fortunately, we didn't get to find out any more about that this week, but we know it's going to come at some point. This is, this, is how, this is how much I overthink things, right? I have thought, about what it would be like to be in prison in a different country before. And I think my takeaway is you get to learn a language for free. Yeah. Don't even need to do Geolingo, do you? No. And that costs money. You get does. a very um, specialised vocabulary set, I suppose. Well, I, yeah. Like, not many people learning a language learn the terms for shank or <laughs> wifey is one of their first think... pieces of vocabulary. It's more my name is, yeah. I live in. But I suppose you don't need to learn I live in when you're in no. prison because everyone lives in the same place. Um, do you think that the German for shank is einenprisoned knife and toothbrush? I don't know, shank sounds like quite a German word shank. as it is anyway. Yeah, shank is the word for my, my I know love. that the word shrank in German I think means covered maybe. Am I remembering that right? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, it's no, my shank shank. nothing was happening there. Hmm? 
Well, like shank that... shrank. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. where you keep your nose, isn't it? Um, if this had been on Friday's episode, I would have been concerned that maybe it was a building up to next week appearing, but I don't know, maybe we'll get a bit of respite from it for the time being. <laughs> Do you think that Stu's going to test Dom by like going, I'll read the same pet and see if it how <laughs> replies. It means he says something in German. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that is the sort of thing they say. Um, and then we had a, bit, had a bit of Amy today, didn't we? Who's getting a little bit too involved in the shoulder volunteers, getting a little bit... Um... She's getting emotionally invested in, yeah. in it. So in the, in, the, uh, in the shop, Amy hands Summer a flyer about anti-spiking protests that she's going on next week and Summer's going to help her. And, and Dev's saying, you've got to help, you've got to do an extra shift, Amy. And she says, no, I've got to shoulder volunteer to do. So they have this... Meeting they have a get-together in the, in the community, community centre, don't they? And yeah, then this woman and comes in late and she's trying to look for for somebody to help her and Summer shoves a fly in her hand, or one of them does, and then Summer's like, oh no, how embarrassing, I spelled accommodate wrong. Oh, oh Well, no. I'm going to say, accommodate is on the year 5-6 keyword spelling list I from the government. I spell everything so, wrong um, all the time. Everybody should be able to spell that word if they've been through the primary education I can't system, spell for toffee. You know. But I know how to use a spell check well, sometimes. Yeah. Right, so the, the the woman kind of like, they're, they're just kind of gossiping and the woman's well, like, well, I'm, I'm off. Ooh, get this, accommodate spell wrong. I never well, you know, thought well, She's it. thinking, I don't want to hang around with nerds. <laughs> and Amy goes like, oh, Summer, you, she's, she's run off now and she needed our help and it's your fault for talking about grammar. Maybe maybe the woman heard it and she realises that she spelled accommodate wrong she's somewhere. Like, go home and she's check like, it. oh no, I run a B&B and I've just had the sign maker put a big flashing oh, sign out. I think go. I spelled it wrong and I need to get back inside. So embarrassing. <laughs> Summer says, you've already done enough do-goodery, but it's not enough for Amy. Yeah, so Amy's getting... Obsessed? Uh, yeah, obsessed with helping. Oh. It's it's not the most inspiring story, and I do love Amy, but there's not much to get my teeth into with this yet. It feels like it's building up to be another issue story, which I've kind of had my fill with at the moment. And there's there's going to be this anti-spiking protest, is it, or something next week? How do you do an anti-spiking protest? You're marching down the street saying, street saying don't strike, spike, don't no, spike, and people think, go, oh, all right then. I think you squirt good, stuff good in plan. people's drinks and go, huh? How do you, How like, do you that? like it? Yeah, tasting your like own that. medicine. Mm, literally. I, I've got every faith in Elle to be able to deliver a good story but if the meat of the okay. story is interesting enough, and I'm not convinced it is. The, the anti spiking protest feels like it could turn into the blimmin' upskirting stuff. Where they all just stand with a poster and go, "This is wrong." Oh yeah, they did, and everyone didn't they? says, "Yeah, we know it is. We know it is, though." Yeah. What's happening like, what to Lorna Crawshaw? I don't know. I think that she needs to be there on that, I mean, on that protest. I know it's really important. Where the field high, she's not been needed. I know it's really important and, and stuff, but I just can't help but think that an, a protest is not going to do anything. But hey, what do I know? I, I can't be bothered. And do viewers really want to be preached at about that? I don't know. Maybe I'm, 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 I'm literally I've got no idea. I saw that um, in 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 the in the Corrie news this week there was a new Amy storyline coming up, and I assume this is it. So a, a storyline is more than just there's a protest mm. going on. But I but, have literally zero idea about what is going to happen with Amy. I think what I'm trying to say about it is is not that. I'm not trying to say in real life, blah, 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 you shouldn't protest or anything. I'm just saying, in Coronation Street, 
every single protest just turns into the protest story. It's the same as every single factory storyline. You just it's just like a template of four or five different scenarios and yeah, it Get just, a just feels bunch like of everybody turns up and somebody says, "I but I like spiking. I'm never going to stop." <laughs> and then Amy's like, "How dare you?" And they they have a tussle and she gets arrested. You know, like I don't want to give up on this yet. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a couple of weeks chance. Could be good. I'm I'm very pleased that Amy is possibly going to be in the spotlight with the story again because yeah, I think she's great. She, she's great she's fab uh, I really enjoyed her in the rape storyline earlier this year um, she's a, a strange turn of phrase I, th- I, th- I think everyone knows what you mean it's what? just funny when you put it like that <laughs> um, uh, yeah so I, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot um, so I think um, was Paul the character of the week for you this week? Are we gonna are we gonna say Paul or are we gonna say Billy for being a good supportive husband? But it's or are we gonna say Bernie? But it's kind of got to be someone in that story really that gets the uh, the gold sticker this week, Paul. isn't it? I think it's Paul. Paul, Paul, just being been able to put his a, a, a smiley face on a pretty dire situation. This Brilliant story is like again. if it, if you could sum up the story in one object it would be the world's biggest sticking plaster with a smiley face on it yeah <laughs> is that just ter- plastering over the cracks of coronation street which people no! are saying is not not as good as it once was this but was at least great. it's got this story. friday's episode was one of the best episodes there's been for a long time yeah for sure for sure and like i said at the beginning the fact that i went into today's episode just not having any idea that i was about to watch something quite so special made it all the more enjoyable to watch so paul's my character of the week and i am going to give this week's episodes um four fit firemen with their nozzles in hand out of five goodness gracious (laughs) me two 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 holding hauling paul out of the bath and two getting old big Billy the Vicar off the of the uh, off the bathroom floor. I'm gonna give this four bowls of whiskey covered cereal. Lovely. I think that should be on breakfast of choice. You reckon? Um, yeah, good week. Well done, Coronation Street. Long may it continue, but who knows? I mean, maybe next week Stu's gonna be the main story. No, listen. I'm still hopeful that at any point. This is the thing about Cory. They can do it both way round, both ways around though. They can take your favourite characters and a dream scenario and go with it, or they can go, "Hey, you know these people that you don't care about and a story that you it sounds like you hate. This is actually going to be your favourite story of the year." Like like with Paul's MND story, I, I could not have been less interested no. in watching Same. this poor man die, and not that I'm interested in watching him die, but you know what I mean. And the character of Paul, a fairly uninspiring side character. If you just said to me at the beginning of the year, you got a Paul storyline, you got a Daisy storyline, you got a Rover's clo- a Rover's storyline. Which one's the which best? one's going to be the best one for you at the end of the year? I yeah, I would have never have said Paul. So congrats everybody involved. But in they've that. just turned this into such a fantastic. Yeah, it's very yeah. And it's weirdly uplifting how he's coping with everything. But I'm just waiting for the inevitable crash mm. but until that but even that that'll probably be good to watch um right i think that's it for this week's street talk shall we move on to the news section because we've got some quite good news this week haven't we do we yes we do okay we do i promise let's find out what it is 
I remember what the news is now. Yeah, but we're not allowed to talk about that yet because that's actually the second item of the oh. week. Because the first item of the week, we have to say... Do we say get well soon to Alan Halsell? He's not sick, but he's had a bit of an operation in the last week, hasn't he? That um, feels... Sounds kind of painful. So he's had ACL reconstruction surgery, uh, which is when you get... You've you got a damaged anterior cruciate ligament which is in your leg, and it gets removed and replaced with a tendon from another part of your leg. So I don't know whether... Um, but basically, Alan was on social media this week. I think he put on his Instagram that um, he's had a surgery last Friday. He's got a 9 to 12 months of rehab ahead of him. So he's going to be working hard. Yeah, really working hard to to get that back from that. He was going to be on I'm a Celebrity. Now he can't <gasps> be because of this. What? I know. Oh, well, it's one last thing for us to have to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, there's no Corey um, stars. But I, I don't know what it's going to mean for him and Coronation Street. I was having a little look into this at, at earlier. Um, I'm just literally showing you oh, that Coronation Street confirms break for Tyrone Dobbs. Oh, okay, fine. So we are going to have a bit of Tyrone time off of Coronation Street. It kind of makes sense. I don't. I guess that's not a spoiler. If somebody is recovering for nine to twelve months after some really serious um, leg surgery, he's not going to be sprinting up and down the street, is well, he? it? Kind of makes sense for maybe him to go and visit Fizz in Norfolk. And let, I, I still don't know when Fizz is supposed to be coming back. It, Jenny McAlpine's last maternity leaves for. Um, for, what are other kids called? Hilda and what's it? Sorry, Albert. Um, we're, we're really quite short, and she's been away for much longer than I thought this time. But if it can be timed right, I assume they're just going to have Tyrone go up and see her. But I guess that might put the, the brakes on whatever they were planning to do with the um, Evelyn and Cassie story. But in a way, maybe that could be good because everything that I've... Well, the thing that I've been enjoying most in that story has been the relationship between Evelyn and Cassie. And if this gives more opportunity for the story to kind of boil down to those two, then that could be that could be quite interesting. Yep. And if, I, I just I left a pause there for you to add any, any kind of thoughts about this. Nope. Get well soon. Do, do you think that... Um, so well, I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought Literally, you might you've said all the information. I mean, the, the the thing is as well. Is it is it going to mean a break for Hope and Ruby, or are is Tyrone going to is he going to get a leaving scene and then disappear, or has he stopped filming now? I don't know. Um, is he just going to, you know, we're going to have a scene in the new year where Evelyn and Cassie say, oh, look, Tyrone says he's gone and we've left whole, we're left with the girls now. Oh, or is he going to take the girls up? And that sucks for, for Bella and uh, whoever this new girl is that's playing Ruby because they probably expected a little bit more out of the next year. I don't know. Um, it's a shame, but um, Alan's health, obviously, is the most important thing. And um, I'm glad that he was able to get this operation and hopefully he'll be on the mend and we'll get to see him again I guess midway through next year. I do like Tyrone, so it's um it's gonna be a shame not to see him. I wonder whether they had anything big planned and now they're like, oh my gosh, we have to rewrite the whole of 2024. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. A woman of few words. Gemma, I, I, I'm sure you, you must You know I don't speculate. Okay, fine. You can I take the lead in the next it. news story <laughs> then, which is actually, for us, the biggest news story of the week and something that we were very, very excited to find out about the other day. Yes. There we go. There's a bit of passion, of news passion from Gemma. What's going on, Gemma? 
This is Charlie DeMello making me watch Doctor Who. <laughs> I can't make you watch Doctor no. Who, but Charlie DeMello can. Charlie can. So, the big news is Charlie has um, been cast long ago. But he's cast gonna and be, filmed long ago. Uh, in the Doctor Who specials. Yeah, so coming up in November, I think it's the 25th of November, the first of three episodes. It's not very long to wait. So, no, it's not. So this has been put together for... for um, the 60th I was going to say Corrie's 60th anniversary, because I'm so used to putting Corrie with 60th anniversary. But Doctor Who's 60th anniversary, they're running three um, episodes... I mean, already I was excited for it because you got David Tennant reprising the role of the Doctor, Catherine Tate, who's my favourite, favourite so companion much. of the modern Doctor yep. Who. Um, She's my and, favourite companion ever, I'm going to go out on a limb Well, say. I think I might say that as well, not being a fan of the classic Doctor Who, although we did watch an episode just uh, last night which had Helen Worth in, because now you can watch all the old, well, most of the old Doctor Who's. <laughs> Most of the old Doctor Who's are available on iPlayer now, can't we? And I said, we should watch the one that Helen Worth was in in the 70s. And we started watching it last night. And I I did fall asleep halfway through before Helen made an appearance. But anyway, um, I was... I'm already very, very much looking forward to seeing these episodes because Russell T. Davis is back in the producer's chair. He, he, he learned his craft in Coronation Street. He's we all written know this. these episodes. Yeah, and, um, and Neil Patrick Harris is going to be guest starring. Is he the guy that's playing the, um, the, toy, the, the maker. toy maker? So he's like the big bad. I don't know whether he's the big bad of the three or whether he's just in the end, but Charlie is going to be playing a character called. Charles Banerjee, so he's, he's he's keeping his own name, and well, his first name anyway, and he's going to be in episode three called Giggle. So um, I'm kind of I'm a bit disappointed that he's not in the whole lot, but it's going to make the finale of this anniversary going to be really um, triplet, um, or what's it called trilogy? That's it. Even more exciting to look forward to. So um, I I it's this news was so amazing because we are obviously um we love Charlie Demello and he's a good friend of ours as well but he he hasn't told he's very good at keeping secrets is Charlie isn't he yeah he didn't tell us that he was leaving Coronation Street until it until it broke in the news yeah. and he hasn't tell he didn't tell us about this one um so but we we we've been obviously talking to him about other things about what he's been getting up to since Coronation Street and he's 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 told us that there has been things that he's been doing, but he's not allowed to tell us. And we, we've been wondering, just speculating between ourselves, haven't we, about is he in Doctor Who? Because he's been <laughs> getting a strange number of likes on his Instagram post from Russell T. Davis since last year. <laughs> and I'm, and we've been saying to each other, I, I, think, I think, I can't remember whether we were even speculating about it before the new Doctor was cast. I think that yeah, part we of our conversation been just over a year ago Who, was, would Charlie actually yeah. be the new Doctor Who? Well, we, or we, new The well, Doctor? Well. And obviously that's not happened, but it's always been in the back of our heads. I wonder if he's going to be in the new series. Um, but you can never invest too much in your crazy theories, can you? So the news this week that he's going to be... We don't know much about the character. Um, a, there's a there's a small glimpse of him in the trailer, which you wouldn't know it was him unless you know what you're looking at. Um, but, which is a man. Uh, yeah, a man. It's um, what you see from behind. And um, yeah, apparently we, we the, the, the press release... Well, Phil Collinson, um, also ex-Coronation Street, I'll say... Um, he was the kid, he was a producer of Corrie, wasn't he, a, a while back. Um, he says, you may have glimpsed him in the trailer, and I can certainly say that Charles Banerjee is headed towards terrors we've never seen on screen before. So there's 
pretty much nothing. <laughs> do you think his, do you think his he... wife's going to drive him into a wall again? <laughs> no, because he's he's never been he's never seen that on screen before. Um, I I don't know whether this is a goodie. I don't know whether it's a like a. Um... I imagine he's going to be um, tortured by the toy maker. I'm kind of thinking maybe it's going to be it's going to be like a scaredy man who has to be rescued by the doctor. I don't and, know whether and he's Donna gonna... Noble would be like, "Come on, come on, handsome, look at your eyelashes and stuff like that." <laughs> I don't know whether he's just going to be a blink and you miss it character or uh, whether he's going to get a substantial amount well, of lines. Well, don't forget, listen, the okay. fact that they've announced him and a couple of others as also starrings for this listen. this trilogy is is quite promising. One thing that Doctor Who does is they have somebody in an episode and then maybe a few years later they might come back and do a different well, character. Oh, so yeah, yeah. maybe. May. Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, if well, Charles um, Banerjee manages to keep his life during this, then maybe he will appear in next year's Maybe Doctor he'll Who, be a funny alongside little Alongside Millie Gibson. He could be, couldn't he? I literally... We... We know nothing. There's no point. Charlie's not telling us anything. But I don't want to know. I don't want spoilers for it. But I am so, so excited about this. I was already, as I say, looking forward to these. I'm mega looking forward to next year's Doctor Who when we've got Millie Gibson playing Companion Ruby Sunday. (laughs) At long last, after a dreadful couple of years with Chris Chibnall in charge of Doctor Who. Oh my God. Sorry, it is. That's not a radical statement I'm uttering I'm not prepared to put us on the record about I am. Doctor Who. I've been bloody awful the last few years, but I am so, so, last so looking forward to this Doctor reboot. Who, you got called a frightful misogynist. Did I? Yeah. I can't, I've forgotten about Because that, you're not allowed right? to complain about Lady oh, Doctor. Oh yeah, well I didn't enjoy her, but it's not because she's a lady. Um, I'm... I cannot wait for this. The, all the trailers look fun. The posters look great. It really looks like it's gone back to what I love about Doctor Who. Um, I'm so excited for Charlie. I'm really, really, really thrilled. Yeah, he yeah, he posted like... about it on social media <laughs> yesterday. It seemed like the news broke before it was supposed to because I think the Doctor Who magazine came out yesterday, I think, and Charlie didn't post about it until then, I believe. But the news came out on Wednesday. I think it had leaked. And um, This is the nightmare. This is what happens with our magazine. You've got to make yeah. sure they don't get released yeah because lots of magazines will go out to subscribers before hitting the newsstands won't they once you've got your once you've printed it yeah the news is out there for anyone who's got loose lips but um, this was only a day before it was supposed to. I think it broke. And Charlie had this to say. Keeping this quiet has been a minor torture. Very excited to be a cog in this magnificent machine. Two 60th anniversaries on two titans of British yeah. television is quite a niche feather in my cap. But I shall wear it with pride. How many people can say that? <laughs> Not so many, I think. That's amazing. I'm so glad. And actually, you know, Charlie, what well, Charlie's character Imran was a real, real highlight of the 60th anniversary yeah. week on Corrie as well, wasn't he? With exactly. his um, performance in court. No, not the, you know, I'm not just saying he was in the 60th anniversary. Lots of people were in the 60th anniversary of Coronation Street, but him in <laughs> court, he was the he was the 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 when they showed the clip of the 60th an- yes. to represent the 60th anniversary at the next year's British Soap Awards, Charlie Jamela was up there as this is what made the 60th great and I know Jeff played his part as well so um, you never know maybe Charles Banerjee is actually going to be the surprise hero of the uh... I don't I don't want to set myself Look. up for disappointment here I'm very very excited about this as you can tell this episode's going to wear mid-December I suppose so we've still got um, about a month to wait until we get to find out about this oh we can, oh, we so can watch exciting. it while we're eating mince pies so so exciting um Good luck, Charlie, and um, 
maybe we'll have more to say about Doctor Who and Coronation Street in a few weeks' time. Maybe. Um, so, we, all, other smaller bits of news. Um, I didn't have any other notes written about this other than, you know those Joni clothes that you can get that have got Coronation Street prints on? Now they do pyjamas. Yeah. A shirt and, and trouser set. Yeah. £65 with the... Um, the street print on it, the Barlow. Yeah, there's a there's a blouse I think in the same design that's yeah, been there a, since the summer. Yeah, and a shirt dress. So if you fancy slipping into something Coronation Street themed when you're snuggled between the covers at night and you've got sixty five pounds to spare in your wallet, then why not get some Johnny Jim lovely Jams. green pajamas with Coronation Street emblazons on them? Just thought you'd like might want to know that with Christmas coming up. Put yeah. it on your, put it on your Christmas Do you list want if you don't want to buy it. Ask somebody else to get it. Do for you, you want this for Christmas? You'll get confused by the buttons. Me, I don't want it. I don't want Joni pajamas. Like you were trying to angle for a present. No, I really, really don't want them. But somebody well, don't worry, I'm not one. buying them for you. Thanks. Sixty-five pounds um, out of my budget. <laughs> I'm not getting sixty. Oh, fine. Okay. No, you're not. I told you this earlier. <laughs> we're, we're, we're a little bit no, poor listen, at the okay, moment. Okay, no, 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 no. Right. Also, in final news, Ellie, hooray! Ellie Leach is doing fantastically on Strictly, isn't she? I, I very, I, I do apologise. I sometimes when I'm putting the news together, I forget that every week we're supposed to be reporting on what Ellie Leach is doing. But honestly, we, you know that we don't watch Strictly. You don't have to every week. Listen, you don't have to do a disclaimer that we don't watch it. No, okay, but I'm just saying. But we're think, actually, we've so seen. So when was the last time you watched the news and Trevor McDonald's like, right, listen, guys, I w- haven't been there. But I haven't I've been got to Palestine, but from apparently is bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, we watched a few scenes from her recent dances, didn't we? Um, we were sent a couple of clips and. I, I'm never very good at being able to say what's the difference between a totally outstanding performance and one that's just good because, I mean, I'm not a dancer myself, believe I it or not. Believe it. Um, and anything, you know, if you don't just fall over and wiggle around, it's good in my book. But she looked pretty good. And she's just, she just feel, looks so alive in her performance, doesn't she? So worlds away from Dower Faye. Oh, Dower Faye. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Sorry, oh, I just thought you might want to say something about no, it. No, I don't have any. You're saying it all for me, darling. <laughs> she is doing really, really well. She came top of the leaderboard last week. She got three tens and a nine, which it's high. That I I don't think anyone on Coronation Street has ever won Strictly. We've done pretty well in Dancing on Ice before, but it really is feeling like It'd be pretty nice if she won. It, 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 she she get, there's still a month to, to go on that as well. I think that usually finishes around Christmas, doesn't it? So um, but she is becoming a bit of a hot favourite. So uh, good, I'm good really really her. really really pleased for her. The Coronation and, Street cast revenge. Well, it does it does make me think back to what we said in the summer when there was the news report circling around that Coronation Street cast was somehow going to engineer Spice. it so that ITV she gets by into the final. As though like they think they've all been coaching her secretly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but anyway, I was really, really happy to watch those. She did. I um, there was one that we watched where she was all painted up in green for Halloween week. That was brilliant. Uh, anyway, good job, um, Ellie Leach. Um, we're rooting for you, he even if we're Faye. not watching. He played you. Faye. She played Faye in Coronation Street. He was not the most exciting of characters, I have to say. But, but that's because um, they never nice got her to, to dance. That, oh, maybe, maybe. They should do been... a dancing episode. Yeah, but they're kicking Street. themselves that they didn't get her to do that because she's got talent, this girl. Um, but that's it for the news this week. I just wanted to do, um, do a bit then. of a squee about Charlie DeMello and Doctor Who. And now that Yay. is out of my system, let's get on with some feedback. 
Right, let's do some feedback before we finish off. Thank you, everybody, for emailing us this week. Very much appreciated it. And thank you for everybody who wrote, uh, voted Sorry, in our poll. 3.37 for last week's Coronation Street. Not the best of scores, I have to say. Uh, Rebecca gave it three and a half times. Tim put his tackle in Sally's fridge out of five, whilst Caitlin voted three sausage rolls at the end of a natter. Um, Jonathan, three times that Daisy dropped her drawers for a guy you winked to her out of five. And many more. Thank you, everybody, for voting. Filthy. I always enjoy seeing what you're scoring at. Um, if you would like to email us, Gemma, what, where do people need to send their emails to? Just tell us. Conversation Street at G gmail.com where conversation street at gmail.com one more time conversation street at gmail.com thanks for the for the plug thanks for the plug the plug thanks for the plug um, um right. i'd like everybody to send me your photos of your thanksgiving meals when you well it's them. not thanksgiving we're it's having been thanksgiving in canada Oh yeah, has it? Yeah. Well, we're having our Thanksgiving we're weekend having this Thanksgiving weekend, aren't we? We are indeed. We are indeed. Um, so look out on Gemma's Instagram for pictures of that. No there doubt. There won't be any pictures. Won't there? No. You always put pictures of your Thanksgiving. It's going to be. I'm going to be too. I, I've I, I've completely you're, you're... unprepared for this. Oh well, I'm sure we've. Had... I just basically what happened was on Wednesday I opened the freezer and found a goose and a ham, and went. I should. We should probably eat this now. <laughs> Let's get some friends and family around on Sunday. Yeah. Oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Right, Ginny, now this one's for you, Gemma, because we, we mentioned this earlier. She does say thank you for continuing to create great content on your podcast. That's not just for you, that's for both of us. Oh, um, yeah, this is me being But told yes, us. so I listen <laughs> on a Saturday morning to your podcast on Spotify. Um, so she says, I wanted to mention my view on the Courtney sickness bout. You suggested that she might be pregnant, but my view is that she simply faked a chunder in order to get out of humiliating herself, attending a job interview for Freshco's, as she clearly had no intention of getting paid work. Hence, her happily waltzing off shopping the same day. That's exactly what it was. I've already said earlier this episode, I did know that, but I just forgot it when we were recording the episode. It's so funny, isn't it, that that storyline has dropped off. Sometimes you just don't notice when a story has been huge in previous weeks and then doesn't appear at all. And other times you're thinking, oh, where, where is that? That was leading somewhere. But I kind of want to know what the situation with Ardy is, because does, does Dev... Not he doesn't realise, does he? He still thinks that Ardy and Courtney are an item at this point. I he's think pretending that's where that they're still last, together because he's embarrassed. Yeah, and I'd really like to see some scenes at Ardy working at Freshco's as well, but we all know that's not going to happen. Anyway, um, Jenny didn't just write um, in to tell you that um, you're stupid. <laughs> um, she also says, she, I have a £20 bet on with my brother that Courtney will be gone by Christmas. I don't know whether she's already gone now. It's possible. Uh, it is absolutely possible that that was the last that. we've seen of Courtney. Um, well, this is what Jenny says. My prediction is she's gone already. He thinks not, and she'll be part of a major storyline. It doesn't feel like she's got the character has got major storyline potential. But if that was it, then that's a real kind of storyline of nothing. The no, Michael, that was a sexy summer fling. That was really bigged up over the summer and you know, right from the beginning where that's how they bigged it up as this big steamy thing. It was like, oh, really? But it feels like she probably got about... How many episodes has she been in? 20? 25 odd? And that's it. But they made such a big thing of it. So it would make sense if she was in it for more. But I just got this sneaking suspicion... That that is the last we've seen of Courtney. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, you know I don't speculate. 
you don't you don't ever even though that's kind of a thing that podcasts should do no, kind of thinking I making would never predictions. Try to guess. Go on, Gemma. How much do you want to bet? I'll put a bet on with you live on Why? air. Why? No, because I agree she's gone already. Well, maybe I'll give you five pounds if she comes back at the end of the year. No. Hang yeah, on. Okay, what's, cool. what's going to be beneficial for me here? Oh, back to the email. Jenny says, I'm sad about the cancellation of the Soap Awards too. I'm 55 years old and I've been watching Corrie on and off since aged 14, led by a big brother who is 62 years and annoyingly has the edge on Corrie knowledge. Oh, come on now. Ginny, you're listening to the best, most informative podcast. Just because I didn't watch one scene that explained a thing that then I talked about with as though I knew I was talking about over and over again on several episodes doesn't mean that we can't help you boost your Corrie knowledge. Anyway, just because your brother's older than you, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean that his Coronation Street knowledge has to be bigger. Just get yourself the DVDs. No, get just watching. listen to this. Listen, listen to, to every single episodes. minute of the last 11 and a half years of Conversation Street. And if you're still not the expert after that, then I'm sorry, I can't help you. We can't help you. Right, but Gemma. thank you for writing it. Thank you, Jenny. That was lovely. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do this one. This oh, is this Julia. Oh, this one's interesting. So Julie wrote in to so let her know. All of our emails are interesting, but thanks for the introduction <laughs> cool. for Julia. Well, this was um, this is a complaint. Um, oh yes, not uh, complaint about us, thank goodness. Yeah, we do read those out sometimes, but this isn't that. Um, she says she's contacted ITV customer services to flag up the concern about aspirin and Joseph. I know he was prescribed it, but it wasn't made clear in general not to give children aspirin, even a junior aspirin, or especially a full strength one, as it can cause Ray's disease. I didn't know if this was useful info for your podcast review. Well, maybe. I don't know what Ray's disease is. is from a family of medics and nurses. Well, Julia's just pointing out that... Don't give children aspirin. Yeah, but you'd... That's good to know. I wouldn't have known that. And if I saw it on Corrie, I might go, oh, okay, if your kid's ill, you can give them an aspirin. Aspirin isn't really a thing. I wouldn't say that it's a go-to painkiller. Yeah, but you, it's going to be yeah, pro ibuprofen or, or or paracetamol in the well in this house. I would say in general, I think I aspirin think is the poor relation in the painkiller family. It's the yellow box. It doesn't jump off the shelf in the same way as the uh, the blue and the red paracetamol and cocodamol. But cocodamol is that the other? No, that's what I was saying. Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen. Sorry. Or yeah. ibuprofen. Yes. Anyway, I didn't realise that you weren't supposed to give children aspirin. I won't give them aspirin. Don't give children anything. There we go. We're so this is why people were complaining about my trick-or-treat basket. What? Because I just put loads of aspirin in it. <laughs> <laughs> but Julia's pointed out. Yeah. Thank you, you Julia. You need to do a product lecture. recall on that, don't you? I'll put go and put some signs up on me. If you, if you Tear down the house. missing cat posters and put down, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, now we know. Thank you very much for that. And, the um, more you know. Yeah, yeah. You can learn everything Coronation Street apologised. It was Gemma, wasn't it, that was talking about aspirin? I have to say, I didn't didn't even remember that even happening. I think if a child has got, is feeling poorly, just give them cowpole. I don't think you should be advising people on medicine. I'm not first aid Don't take medicine. God, listen to me, everybody, carefully and well. If you hear nothing else I've said, I'm going to make it clear to you right now. Do not take medical advice from us. No, no, really. I, I really. And I do not, not come to my house trick or treating. Kind of right, Richard emailed <laughs> us just earlier this evening and said, I hope you are both well. Gemma, well? 
Yeah. How's your scar healing? No, up? I've had a twinge because I had to pick up big bags of. I haven't actually asked you very much. I've been bad husband. I've not been. How how your your appendix? Are you kind of back to normal? No, because I like I said, I was picking up big bags of mulch today at the allotment, mm, and that's and it hurts now. Uh, you you had a bit of a Billy incident, did you? I went, like, Ooh. <laughs> um, I've been lax at sending in feedback, says Richard recently, due to various time challenges involving an elderly and unwell parent. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, Richard. Um, I have, however, still been watching the programme and listening to Conversation Street podcasts and bonus podcasts, etc. Additionally, I was able to make one of your live YouTube streams for the first time. Yes, you did indeed, I remember. It was excellent and a great opportunity to engage with you both and other Conversation Street listeners. We yeah, always Richard, Richard, Richard does effort. a very good job of advertising our podcast, he's always picking us up Thank he is you, his emails always very very complimentary make me feel Thank happy. You. Um, just listening to your Gordon Clegg bonus podcast on the back of the sad passing of Bill Kenwright you quite rightly highlighted his long tenure as chairman of Everton FC and asked what the role oh this is good asked what the role of the football club chairman entails well I think we're what about to be it? told you so we're, we're okay, teaching you, you all sorts. Anything. Aspirin, what's a chairman? This podcast has got it all. That's two things. So, he says... Well, tradi- lot, I cannot, can I just say, what? lots of people probably already know, know this. Oh, it doesn't matter. You skip forward 30 seconds if you would think you already know what a chairman is. No, no, but you're saying people is. are learning, but we're the ones that are learning. <laughs> yeah, we are highlighting our ignorance in all things that are I not think, Coronation Street in this no, podcast. No, 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 just even... In, I think that should be the slogan of the podcast. What? Conversation Street, highlighting our ignorance. Highlighting the post's ignorance since 2012. Right, so traditionally a share chairman was the largest shareholder and the self-made local boy made good. With so much foreign investment in the Premier League, the role became more of a figurehead position as, with the case of Bill Kenwright, he sold the majority of his shareholding to foreign investors several years ago. Unfortunately, Bill Kenwright and other Everton directors' relationships with the club has been quite acrimonious over the past couple of years. Oh, okay. Um, well, there we go now. We know. That's the answer. That is the answer. That's what a chairman does. Um, Richard goes on to say, I found the show a bit up and down since Stephen's demise, but there are a couple of interesting storylines engaging me, especially the one involving Dylan. Oh, that's interesting that that's a particular highlight for you. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Up and down is true. I think that Stephen really was holding lots of bits together for me, but I know there are other people that absolutely hated it and are glad to see the back of it. Can't win them all. Finally, Richard says, you have asked a few times for listeners to share what plans they have for the weekend. Uh, I have got an audition for Britain's Got Talent on Sunday at the Oval Cricket Ground where I will be performing stand-up. Oh, (laughs) good luck. Are Are they really doing Britain's Got Talent auditions already? Yeah, you got to get the talent. Blimey. Okay, well, good luck good with luck. that, Richard. Be That'll be funny. so awesome. Um, thanks, as always, Kill dead. for the passion and commitment you both bring to the podcast. You're we welcome. do our best. Gemma. Highlighting our ignorance. Yes. Um, I'm really thirsty. I'm just going to have a bit of tea you while you read yeah. out Rebecca's email. Rebecca says... Is that a dramatic pause there? <laughs> I might have been trying to silently burp in my throat. Rebecca says... Firstly, let me stress that, yes, Ryan is being a pest. Thank you, Michael. I thought I was the only one who was saying that. Every time he says, oh, Daisy, and I'm in love, I'm like, no, you think you're in love, but it's a trauma bond from the acid attack that's keeping you together. I would like to... I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. You're making Another it worse. a little silent burp there. I would like Daisy and Ryan to start a relationship just to prove their point, but I don't think that will happen now. However, I don't think Daisy will end up with Daniel... I do think, in the end, Daisy and Daniel will be together if Charlie and Rob want to stick around. Sorry, rant over with. 
I felt sorry for Daisy this week, but I also don't. That wasn't much of a rant. You, you honestly are rant. Come than on. That. <laughs> You're talking to the Queen of Rants here. That was just a. Well, that was that was, that was an, uh, an getting something off your chest. Yeah. Um, uh, she deserves everything she gets. However, I love the picture Bertie drew, and was, that was so cute. And I also love Bertie dressed up as a vampire. Great to see Christina as well, if only for an episode. I think Daniel is keeping Daisy at arm's length to make her feel guilty, but you know it'll end in tears. I kind of want this story to be parked for a bit, maybe till Christmas. I don't mind if it runs and then stops at Christmas. It's just been going on a little bit too long for me. Um, You said that with Christina for an episode. I didn't really consider that it was only a very short it was, wasn't comeback. It? I kind of thought when we saw her again that she was going to be sticking around for a while, but she's not really needed to. So maybe it was just a little cameo. Hmm. And that's kind of what I like. Family yeah. members popping in as she would do like every that. now and then. Rebecca says, Ardy, I don't know if you're being cute over the Courtney situation or being a stupid idiot. I thought the Nina and Ardy scenes were really cute and I love Nina being support- a supportive friend towards Ardy and I didn't see any romantic tension at all. However, if Asha doesn't stop talking about Isla, I wouldn't blame Nina for maybe straying. I also think this might be a way to get Amy and Ardy back together again as I'm still rooting for them. Oh, and I love Dev's snake plant too. Yeah, the the um the Nina and Asher thing, it feels like this Isla character was introduced into the dialogue to maybe add a bit of friction and a reason for Nina and Asher to split up. But if they do, it really is a case of who cares They've never been seen together, or very rarely been seen they together. They hang out together quite a they lot. Hanged, they hang. Can I just say, hang out? I, I'm not really I getting. I forget they're dating. Yeah, they they do come across as jolly good chums rather than lovers, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> like like people's aunts in the in like the the 70s and 80s. You just. Uh, shared a, a, had roommates that were they were really good yeah. friends with and lived together for their entire life. We, we need some we need some Billy and Paul level raunch chat we need, between Asher and Nina to really buy into scenes. this relationship. We do. We need to have Nina hauling Asher out of the bath. Yeah, and just falling in a pond doesn't count. No, <laughs> no, it's exactly. not sexy at all. <laughs> Rebecca says, the Eliza story is boring and if anything, it's pushing Stu under the bus rather than Yasmin. Stu means well, but he's going about it the wrong way. Stu's already kind of been under the bus, hasn't he? He's been like, he's got he's got a bit he's of Ima clothing like, caught onto the bus I'm and it's just the dragging bus him along the high street. And I like it. And I'm staying here and you can choose to come under the bus as well if you'd like, but I don't mind either way. Come on, Corrie, you must know. You must. She says... When you watch I mean, the episodes, Corrie. Rebecca says... Um, he's going about it the wrong way and dragging Yasmin into it. I did like the scene with Eliza and Felicity, but whenever the story is in a week, my score drops a bit. I did love the Tim and Steve scenes, and Joan Simon did perfectly in those scenes. One thing that intrigued me was the fact that Stacey and... Stacey and Steve... Tracy and Steve. ...aren't getting along, which seemed a bit forced, but this starts to make you think whenever someone from Tracy or Steve's past could appear. Like, no, I don't think so. Who is... Who could appear from Tracy or Steve's past? Tracy hasn't got anyone in her past, and the only oh, people in Rob Steve's Donovan. are they're like, oh yeah, maybe. Um, there's, um, there is. Um, I forgot what. What I was do you mean? Say. Steve's many wives have all just gone on to have Steve's amazing careers. Steve's got a careers. quite big past. I don't think that anyone in his past is going to appear. But it has made me wonder, like, is is this week's Amy story? If that's building up to something. Are we going to, in as part of that story, see a bit of a family breakdown for the McDonald's? It just seemed like an odd thing for Steve to say for it to just be a throwaway line. Um, she also agrees that Joe's face face with the fish was lovely. Oh yeah, his little tiddler. 
as Jonas... Yeah, well, we that was another story that just dropped off the radar this week, wasn't that? What, did... fishing? No, no, well, just Tim and Sally. That just ended last week with them having a hug, didn't it? And this is all a bit tragic <sighs> and I'm sad and getting flashbacks. I'm not asking for more of it at the moment, but... Rebecca says, As childish as it was, I loved all the tackle humour. Not much to say about the other stories, but I'm glad Hope and Sam are still together and I absolutely loved all the Halloween stuff and costumes, especially Birdie saying about her whole sexy slash zombie costume at Halloween. And I thought of Gemma when she said that. I never wonder if Dylan is going to break into the Rovers to have a, to have Mason's party. Oh yeah, I said that they were going to be in the Rovers last week, didn't they? That was my podcast prediction and I was right. Also, great, see, there is benefit well done, speculating Michael. sometimes. Don't never Some, speculate. Occasionally, you're right. Also, great to see Glenda again after what seems like ages. Glenda who? I say. Character of the week for me is Nina. Nothing spectacular, but I loved her costume in Monday's episode. Wednesdays. I loved her friendship with RD in the same on Friday. I'll give this week three and a half times Tim's tackles and Sally's fridge out of five. Thanks. You can't call it Sally's fridge. Why? That's a joke. <laughs> I don't get it. Nancy um, has had uh, has congratulated us on our 600 episodes. Hooray! Thank you very much. What um, an excruciating amount of time it's taken <laughs> to get to this point. <laughs> um, she I'm enjoyed sure she agree. enjoyed the Daisy and Daniel stuff she said last week, particularly the final scene where it was kind of left on a bit of a cliffhanger. She says that she was expecting Daniel to propose to Daisy, but they're, they're already, already kind engaged. of engaged. But maybe he does need to. Renew that what proposal do do? after everything went This is awkward, isn't it? What it's do like do getting now? down on one knee and saying, do you are you sure you will marry me? Do you remember we had this whole arrangement? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe um, when he sells his house, he'll start saying to her, oh, we should, you know, we don't need to get freebies anymore. We can have the wedding we want. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Nancy's pointed out that if he had made this grand gesture, whatever he would have said, that could have forced her to pick who she loves out of Daniel and Ryan. I think they need to stand two, side by side and call her together. Mm, mm. But and whoever Nan- she runs to is the one she loves. <laughs> Nancy also says that she doesn't think an acid attack should really be the basis for a romance. It's more of a friendship thing. Yeah, just that's what I always say about acid attack friends. I've got, I'm not going to date you. Yeah, this is like, It's just you a know, friendship thing. It's just if, a casual <laughs> acid yeah. attack relationship. If there's anybody that ever wants a friend, just... No, don't do that. Don't take advice from us. Um, I was not surprised, says Nancy, that Courtney went back to Darren. I felt bad for Ardy because he really loved her, um, and but he deserves someone better. I get the feeling, though, that Asher is starting to fall for one of her new friends, similar to what Rebecca was saying there. Um, Stu's desperate to get Eliza back. Did you notice Eliza flirting with Sam? I did not notice that, I have to say. Did she? I don't know. I'll have to watch back. She's too young to flirt. The Steve and Tim fishing scenes were wonderful. Tim finally got to talk with a friend and I loved how happy he was. He caught his tiddler. <laughs> I give this week's episodes three cheesecakes that Sally and Gail did not get to eat <laughs> out of five. And the character of the week is Tim. Um, no! Oh, yeah. Yes, she says Tim. Character I thought week. she said Sorry, Jenny Gemma. and Debbie. No, she says she loved Jenny and Debbie. Nancy always gives a no. shout out. Um, not Tim and that's it that is thank the you end thank you Nancy very much I really appreciate your continued support and Rebecca too and everyone who writes in you guys are fantastic thank you certainly so much are, certainly are indeed um, that's it for another podcast that was a good 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 week of Coronation Street there it's kind of I don't like to get too you know complacent about it maybe next week's going to be a maybe it's going to be a steaming pile of crap maybe <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think I would say it's going to go that far, but <laughs> we can't have Paul and Paul and Billy laid out on the bathroom floor every week on Coronation Street, no. can we? Or or lovely Halloween parties, but I don't know. I don't know. It's um, fingers crossed, eh? And it is in the run up to Christmas when traditionally exciting things happen. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us in the meantime, we are at conversationstreet at gmail.com, as we said earlier. Give us an email. It's lovely if you do. Um, and, and thank you. We, we sometimes get emails, just like little mini emails, um, that we don't read out on the podcast. Uh, but we do, do try to reply to them where I can as well. Um, if you'd like to post on our blog, I don't know why you'd want to do that really, why but you, you can po- do. You can't post on our blog. You can post a comment on our blog. Yeah, you can re- make a comment. Yeah. Um, you can do that at conversationstreet.podbean.com. Um, we will put out a call for an iTunes. We did. We just been past our six hundredth episode, Gem. We didn't get a single iTunes review for it. Shocking. Yeah, honestly. Shocking. Please, can you? If you liked it, it'd be nice. Um, also, I mean, and I you guess can, that you can, can review say, you things can on the Google them. Play Store. You can edit really your iTunes review iTunes. and change the wording if you want Don't to. tell them that. People are going to put five stars down to four stars. Um, we're Why? on Instagram. We're on Twitter. I've just put AI generated. What would this week's Coronation Street look like if all the characters were Barbie dolls on Gemma's suggestion? Yeah, yeah. Um, Barbie's quite so hot good. right now. Yeah, this is the hot property. Yeah, everyone's talking about Barbie. We're only, what, three months late? Um, we're on Spotify, we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube. We even I made, know what kids like. We even made a little video of part of our cabin section this week, didn't we? And put on what? our... Yeah, you know, the... Um, oh, you didn't make a video of it? No, 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 we didn't do a video of it. We put something on YouTube ripped from the cabin segment, which was uh, what happens now the soap awards have been cancelled. So well, nice that a few people have been able to listen to that. They wouldn't do you know what? listen to the whole podcast. I did not appreciate the picture that you chose. Oh, yeah, whatever. Um, we're I, on I find it disrespectful. Shut up, shut up. You loved it. Um, Patreon. Don't be rude. Patreon. I was making a joke. I know you were. Sign up for our Patreon, if you would like. Mean. It's lovely. You're mean to me. Um, Everyone always says I'm mean to you, but you, you Billy, me, you're Mason. You're the Mason of this podcast. Exactly I'm going to get you some eyeliner. I'm the... Well, I'm, who am I? I'm the stew of the storyline. What Everyone was that character away. on... Lost that everyone said had eyeliner all the time. Richard Alpert. Yeah. I was thinking Mason about... Mason is the Richard Alpert of... Of Coronation Of Weatherfield. Yeah. But he was... Um, his thing was that he never aged, wasn't he, Richard? M- well, we don't, we don't know. Mason we could don't. be 82. He could, well, we yeah. know. Anyway, we're waffling. Imagine, imagine being eternally a teenager. This is what doesn't make sense about those vampire fiction novels, the romance ones, where the, the vampire's suddenly incredibly interested in a teenage girl, even though he's supposed to be hundreds of years old. Now's not the time for nitpicking vampiric fiction. Do you want me to tell you all the things that were wrong with the Twilight no, franchise? No, no. I'm tired. I need to go to bed. I've got to get up early and You woke me up at five o'clock in the morning. I know. I'm sorry. Gemma is very sensitive to light in the morning. I literally had just said to Michael, please, can you not turn lights on and stomp up and down the corridor when... in the morning? I it do wakes get me up very early And you in got the up and did exactly that thing. Sat in the room next door with a blazing light on and both doors open. It's because I couldn't go to school because I had to go to the doctors to get my blood oh, tested. Oh, blood tested. I did still have lots of work to do and I just forgot. You just needed the Anyway, to I do blame it in the Abby. Room next I did door. have the door closed and then Abby came and opened it up and the light came out. Look, nobody's interested in any of our domestic <sighs> domestics. Um, but Gemma, you're tired. <sighs> I've got to watch a film now. Why have you got to watch it? Because I was really interested in it. It's called Terrified. 
Okay. I'm going to do my roundup for Patreon again about the best oh, yeah. um, okay. spooky movies. Um, right, we'll be going to be back next week. I've got no idea what the bonus podcast is going to be yet. I know what it's going to be in a couple of weeks' time, but I don't know but if it's a secret. Um, so hopefully it's going to be a good one, if it appears at all. Who knows? Right, goodbye. We've been Love signing you. off for the past 10 minutes. So we're actually going take now. Pills out of somebody's trick or treat bowl. Yeah. Bye. Bye. The music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com. Bye.